Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your source for outdoor gear in interior Alaska. It's a locally owned, longtime Fairbanks business that I've shopped at since I was a kid, and they've always done a great job of carrying a wide variety of quality, proven gear that'll tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to. Frontier Outfitters always stays current with gear for the season, and whether you're bear baiting in the spring, fishing or dip netting in the summer, looking for game bags and gears for moose camp in the fall, or need to stock up on trapping lures, get a new spud bar, or just need some bait for your winter burbot sets, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, lots of guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as gun safes. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find your snow machine and ATV accessories like sleds and hitch pins, gun boots, hot grips, as well as a full selection of marine and boating parts and accessories. They really go out of their way to stock quality, useful equipment, and it's truly one of those great hometown sporting goods and hardware stores that every town needs to have. Whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on that never-ending home improvement project, or you just need to rehandle an axe, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location out in North Pole, so make sure you stop in there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, sitting down tonight. Got uh, Dr. Frank Schultz. And first time on the program, Mr. Jeremy Heifel. How's it going, man? It's good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Now, Jeremy, I, what it was yeah, about a year ago that I met I met you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you're one of these adult onset hunters, right? Late late starter. Yeah. Better late than never. It is. Always it's, better. I'm I'm hooked now, though. It's, yep. It's a disease I'm I'm sensing. My buddy cursed me last year he said he's gonna have me spending more money on hunting stuff than golf stuff and it's come to fruition and it's <laughs> costing my wife some cash uh wait till uh did you used to golf or do yeah. you still golf <laughs> i didn't golf much this year <laughs> you know the golf in alaska is subpar to begin with so uh, yeah. it was pretty easy to switch over yeah no kidding but 
Did you? Did were you ever a golfer, Frank? No, no, me neither. I try. I, I went one I've golfed before. I went to a, a times. I went to a real golf course one time, and when I was a teenager, and it took me like four tries to hit the ball off the tee, and I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> I did good. I went. I've gone a couple of times, and both times that I've golfed. I think one time we did 18 holes, one time it was nine, and both times I finished with a ball that I started with. So I figured that, that's a that win. was pretty good, yeah. right? I Just take that you as know. a win right off the bat, you know? But I think when I was in high school, they had, in gym class, they had, like, you can do golf or soccer or something like that. Oh, and yeah. I was like, well, I'm already playing oh, I definitely soccer would. or whatever. I'm, I'm like, I got to run everywhere playing soccer, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, does this come with a cart? Or uh, <laughs> how's this going to work? Fifteen yeah. like year old kid running do we get, a golf cart, yeah, ripping do, it up. <laughs> yeah. Do we get? Do we get? Uh, well, like beer tickets or beer coupons? Yeah, right. The cart girl. Huh? <laughs> oh man, I guess before, like before we really get into stories, um, I was let's see. I got to talk about like apparel, stickers, stuff. I haven't talked about that in a while, but. The first round of shirts and hoodies came and went pretty freaking quick. Um, I do have some more ordered, and they hopefully will be here by about the end of the year. But that, I do still have, like, a couple different styles of stickers and beer koozies um, on the on the Tundra Talk website. So you can find all that stuff at tundratalkak.com, and then just click on the shop, and you can find it and order it. And uh, due to popular request, I am shipping can ship to right now like Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. And uh, if there's not like a shipping option for you, just shoot me an email and I can I can figure it out one way or another. It may cost a little more, but uh, have you shipped anything to, out of? Yeah, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. Really? So there's a couple. I, I looked at a lot of different ways because if you're in the states, like the shipping's all included in the price. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit more to Canada and even a little bit more like Australia and New Zealand. But uh, there you can either – you can basically pick the cheapest shipping option or if you want it really fast, you can you can pick the more expensive one. Um, but there's just like a flat rate that will cover just general shipping for anything. And then if you want it faster or if you're ordering small stuff just like stickers and koozies, you may be able to get a cheaper rate than the flat rate by like going looking at the shipping options. So, yeah, anyway, figure it out. You can do it. Um, and I then I have faith in everyone out there. I have faith you in everyone. You can every- do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're in Fairbanks, go down to Rubber and Rigging and get you some Arctic bungees, right? We're looking to get the new sponsor. We're <laughs> <laughs> start plugging them about their awesome bungee cords. No, well, I because you had, you hadn't heard of them till too recently, was it? Because no, I heard I, them from yeah, you. Yeah, I was just with those hanging out with those those other dudes, and he pulled out some blue bungee cords and was like, "Check this out." I was like, "Holy shit!" No memory, freezing cold. They stretch right out and work, not breaking apart. And like all the bungees I have are like those. The, it's like thousands of rubber bands with a whatever yeah. the shit around <laughs> yeah. the outside of them you stretch them out and then you take it off and it's just as stretched out well as and then and then the black off, ones know? get the black ones get all dry crack. rot and yeah. they don't they don't have as they have some memory to them but no they work really good they're good good gig they cool. also have uh i don't know if he got the got them there ratchet straps that have an uh it's like a bungee section in it oh. in, in line so that when it's getting like the shock, so like if you have it on a trailer behind your sled and you got the sides 
stuff can you, rattle loose pull, actually well you yeah. when you ratchet strap it tight and your sled actually like comes tight yep that bungee strap in the ratchet strap stretches so then as everything's like flexing as you're driving down a trail because those trailers just get hammered behind a sled oh the, the trails the, and stuff okay the sled, so it's like sled, when you're not slapping the, yeah, yeah yeah when you're okay. slapping under your toboggan or whatever yeah. you know yeah um when you're riding on the tra- on trails or anywhere, really, those you know those toboggans get hammered on, so they're constantly flexing. And I know my ratchet straps loose, and I kind of get out and tighten them up, tighten them up, tighten them up. We had just ones that have bungee in line on them, and it tightens up and it stretches that bungee. So when it flexes, it's just flexing the bungee instead, and it never yeah. comes loose. No, that makes off. sense. I thought you were they're talking. About, I thought you were talking about like ratcheting your sled snow machine on, oh, the, on the trailer no, no you're talking about on the toboggan, toboggan. Okay, yeah. yeah yeah sorry no that makes sense but yeah, yeah. that cost me no there's a little bit of money i just went in there and shit, i grabbed yeah. like like grabbed five of this size five of that size five of that size and didn't even uh, i was like i don't even want to know how much they are because <laughs> i gotta have them but uh yeah that was pretty cool yeah that's the beauty of stuff that works that you you know you find stuff that works and you're like i don't care how much it cost because it works yeah i, I want it yeah. Uh, buy once, cry once. Yeah, right. exactly. For sure. No. Frank's usually turning. You're usually like one of the sources of turning me on to stuff. I feel like like the native radio station here in town. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best radio station. It's good. It's better, best radio station anywhere that I've ever lived in my life. Like where I was growing up, we listened to the radio all the time. They had an oldie station that was good to listen to. That was about it. And then... There was just, it's always the same shit on the radio. Yeah. And it's like, oh, turn it on. It's 11 o'clock on Tuesday. What are we going to hear? Oh, Leonard Skinner. You know, yep. it's like the same shit over and over and yeah. over again. You can turn that radio station on and literally listen to, you turn it on. Sometimes you're like, this isn't even English. What the hell yeah. language is this? Because it's <laughs> yeah. like they broadcast whenever there's not live DJs from like some Swedish radio, internet radio or something like that. So you're getting like, Music from all over the world, and then they have like all the local stuff, you know, where they have like all the Athabascan fiddle fe- fiddle festival stuff recorded and play all that. And well, they in like because in the morning, like I haven't, you're more versed in it than I am, but the mornings like fair, it's like it's someone in Fairbanks, but they'll have you know, like in the morning, it's people um, from all sort of villages and stuff calling no, in for songs. It, it's, where's the old Air Force Base? Um, uh, Galena. 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 Starts right. in the morning. Okay. It starts in Galena. And then at 9 a.m. it comes to Fairbanks until noon or something like that. and The McGrath, right? And I think in the afternoon it goes to McGrath. One of those but was it broadcast Whitehorse, in all, too. On Saturday there's a show um, out of Whitehorse that's on. Gotcha. They broadcast off a, no, no. a Canadian it's cool, radio though. station. Like, just a, like a well, good variety. Every afternoon and, they have like um, – it's like an hour of stories. I think it's at 3 o'clock or something like that. And it's like – uh, like elder stories like trapping when they were a kid or fish camp when they were kids or that you know all these stories that are like cool shit to listen to you know like really interesting stories about like long time ago when you know shit was different than it is now and yeah. like actually you know subsistence lifestyles oh yeah <clears throat> no or you could just yeah especially I'm feeling a little fatigued to just turn it on like the 
talk radio and getting pissed off yeah, <laughs> every right. day. But I no, it's, it's freaking great. I had to stop great. with that <laughs> shit. I found myself being pissed off in the afternoon, <laughs> listening to this like, super conservative radio all day, and I'm just like, by the time 3 o'clock rolls around, I'm ready to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> That's how I am with Twitter. It's like, okay, you got to get off. Get off, uh, yeah. But no, that radio station's super cool. But yeah, the first, I had never listened to it, and Frank sends me this video of uh, this song that they they play every day, or like they, they do have been lately. Like it, people oh, people Christ- call in and request. It's Christmas like Christmas carols going on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can find station. it. On, you can find it on. It's like eighty nine point one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the one song's on YouTube. So um, st- stuck in the smoke hole, smoke hole of our teepee. So, Oh, yeah, it's talking about Santa getting yeah. stuck in the smoke hole. Of the TV. Oh, it's funny. It's, it's funny. It's freaking funny. Well, then the other one, I I heard it on there. It was the first time I'd ever heard it, and uh, it was, uh, what's the guy's name? It's actually on, I found it on iTunes, too. You can buy that song. Oh, no Is, uh, uh like, someone having oil spill at my fish camp, <laughs> or oil spill at my fish camp, something yeah. like that. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah. But, anyway, Anyhow. I digress. But, uh yeah, so Jeremy, man, you, uh, uh, we, I actually did try to get, was taking Jeremy to try to get him a black bear this spring, and they just weren't freaking cooperating in the timeline. That so, will happen. It was still cool to get out and get on the river. That was fun. It's a cool area for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for a green, greenie walking behind a dude when you're not armed <laughs> down a trail that you don't know. It's like, oh, where are we going? So that was a little. Yeah, well, little, that one you'd time. You'd only have to worry if he blindfolded you when you got to the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just trust me. Just trust right. me. It'll be fine. Yeah. Don't worry if I've you smell this, bacon. I've done this six or seven times. <clears throat> I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, Hear we, the boat fire up. <laughs> we walked into that one bait and. Yeah, because it, it had just gotten freaking. That grizzly bait had just gotten destroyed. And, and I was planning on, like, just rebating there and going to to hunt the other one yeah and uh what there was like nothing left yeah he walks up and he starts like saying oh shit what and he's looking around like he's missing something and i look down on the cameras on the ground i said are you looking for this (laughs) or what was left of the camera yeah (laughs) Yeah. that the bear had chewed up and i so i I had my head on a swivel yeah well i think there was a bear back in i mean it was completely which surprised me because it was completely cleaned out but we did hear one run off it's like jeez freaking piss you off which me and frank had one run off was there before we we, ever had bait out yeah when we were going the first time in the spring we went up to that to that bait yeah yeah that's right he was there waiting saying where's our food i guess well pretty much he must have been yeah and it was, it was really weird. super early too for mm-hmm. for a grizzly bear to be there already. Which, well, and same thing which with been, when but. when we went up there. I mean, it was <clears> still or you know it wouldn't would have been unheard of to have a little bit of action, but to have it completely cleaned out and everything freaking destroyed down to the yeah, ground. It was yeah. empty. Stupid bears. <laughs> but yeah, so that and uh, yeah, we're trying to get a black bear because your your son had uh, had drawn the that forty mile youth that youth that caribou, tag, right? yeah. Yeah, so, and what we had heard is that that was a pretty good hunt for a, for a kid, and it was awesome. That was a really, really cool, cool hunt. And I don't think, 
I would have known how cool it was if we just went on his hunt, but then I went back on opening day mm-hmm. and saw like how uncool it can oh, be. Dude, it was like <laughs> I drove around with like eight thousand of my closest friends and said, This is stupid. Yeah. And I turned around and came back. It was not ideal. It seems to be general consensus as of lately of how that rolls. Oh yeah. But when we went up for my son, I as cool, I got to bring my dad and my brother-in-law and my nephew. And I think that youth tag, there's only 30. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I, we, we saw one other kid and his mom and brother. And that was, I mean, we talked to a trooper and we saw a couple other people, but it was, it was nice, wide open, lots of caribou. It was fun. And he was successful that first day. So that made it even even better. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, no, it sounded like just a freaking perfect situation. I liked how you said that you get, you know, he kind of had had some shot opportunities had, but wasn't Yeah, he had I mean right when we got there, it was like 11 and we saw we saw some caribou up on the hill and we made a play for him. We had to hike probably 400 yards and got to within probably 250 yards. Mhm. And we had we had a big one and I had him in my scope too cuz I can assist you know after if it's a if he if he's hammers him and he couldn't get comfortable and we did this a couple times these caribou got bumped and put two miles between us in like 20 seconds you know it's quick we went down (laughs) and he was real adamant that he wanted to shoot a big caribou and we missed those and we went down the road and went the other side of the road and saw a little caribou and he changed his tone real quick like i'll shoot (laughs) i'll shoot her i don't care he was all of a sudden, he wanted to shoot something. And we bumped her, didn't see anything else. So we went back. I said, let's go back to the truck. It was about six o'clock. I said, let's go back to the truck. And maybe it was later. It might have been seven. And let's come back tomorrow. We know where they're at. We had a long day. And he was kind of bummed. And we got back to the truck. And we met up with a trooper who said, yeah, there's a couple thousand right up the hill. But you got to hike to him. My dad was like, yeah, I'm done hiking for the day. And I said, well, let's go check. And we, sure enough, they're right on the road probably 80 yards off the road. So we ran out of the truck and I didn't bring my backpack. I didn't bring anything. And we laid down and he, he, the guns may be a skosh big for him. I mean, he's only, he was only 10 and he couldn't get comfortable. And I was trying to hold up the stock for him. And he had one at probably a hundred yards, a nice one. So I got to the point where I thought he's just too nervous. He's not going to pull the trigger. Long story short, we got him going back and forth. My brother-in-law split off from us, pushed pushed him back. I had told this girl and her two kids, we're out. We're going to come back tomorrow. I gave up, and all of a sudden my son goes, Dad, they're coming back. And so we laid down, and I had the backpack this time, and he says, I'm going to shoot. And there was three nice bulls in the back, and I said, well, wait till it gets on the, over the horizon. And I said, pick one, and when you're ready, let him have it. And he was worried about this other kid. And I said, he's had as many opportunities as you. Don't worry about him. And I didn't, he says, I'm going to shoot. And I said, all right. And I didn't, I didn't think he was gonna. So I was looking through my scope and I, to be honest, I wasn't totally paying attention. All of a sudden, boom. And I was like, holy shit, he shot. And I looked (laughs) and I didn't see any reaction from these three. And he says, I think I got him. And I said, I don't know. And I said, come on. And we ran up the hill about 40 yards next to that lady and her two kids. And I laid back down and got through the scope. And he had a suppressor on his gun, so it wasn't a loud boom, you know? So yeah. these caribou didn't, like, scatter, like, 
I would expect them to. And all of a sudden I look through my scope and I see one staggering and I'm like, holy shit, he hit her. And so I stand up to finish him off and he fell over. I didn't even pull the trigger and it was over. And I got more emotional for that shot than I ever thought I would for just me and him put out our guns and like embrace like we were four-year-olds that just got a Christmas present. It was silly, but it was, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was pumped and, and, uh, my brother-in-law was up there and we didn't get it on film. So (laughs) it was all chaos. We didn't get it filmed, but but it, it, it was, he was pumped and, and, uh, it was a long, long day, but we, we had a blast. So, and that was our introduction to the younger high feels killing something. So, heck yeah, man. Oh, uh, he'll remember that the rest yeah, of his life. Yeah. And grandpa and, and uncle and his nephew or his cousin getting to be there was, was wicked. Oh, They're all, they all got cool. to come up from Albuquerque. So, nice. So, yeah. And my nephew had just gotten into it too. He killed an elk in New Mexico last year in the fall. So that kind of helped myself. How old's he? He's 12. Um, he actually just a couple weeks ago killed his second elk in New nice. Mexico. So he's, he's a stone cold killer too now. So you had, you had said that your dad, your dad had hunted when you were oh, a yeah. kid, so right? My dad's it hunted, just never. My dad's hunted forever. And every time I signed up for hunter safety, I had a baseball game or something. Yeah. So I always said, I'm not going. I, I would rather play baseball. And so I never really got into it. I'd go on little scouting trips with him, you know, mm-hmm. go look for elk and always like spotting elk and, and deer and never got into the whole, I want to whack something, but I sure as love eating it. Yeah. And so then we came up here and, and my wife kind of said, you're going to get into hunting. And I laughed. I said, eh, I don't know, maybe not, didn't really do anything for me. <laughs> and I even said last year we went, I went with a buddy to go look for moose just one day, kind of just drive down south of Denali and I told my wife I don't think I could shoot something unless it was just a monster you know a trophy and we got down there and it's that spike fork or 50 area and we saw a bull that was probably 30 inch and I yeah said can I shoot him he says no I said <laughs> please are you sure are you sure <laughs> and it was like that too big too small type of thing and yep <laughs> so then I said yeah maybe I could do this and yeah so my dad had given me a bow he gave me a bow about sometime beginning in 19. And so I started shooting it and practicing and I bought a target and, and, uh, decided to take that cert mm-hmm. class. So I took that in late 19 in time for the, there's that, you know, that one week in November where you can hunt. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got the certification, I passed that and got the certification before that. And I was like, oh, cool. I could go hunt. And so kind of drive around town, you don't really do much and obviously didn't have any luck. And, uh, then I bought a bow, had a, got an upgrade. So my dad gave me a Matthews legacy, which is a nice bow, but I bought a new one for Christmas. And then that's when I met you at North oh, Pole, gotcha, yeah. North Pole Archery, yeah. right? We were shooting and, uh, you had seen my wife who... You and your wife knew, so yeah. that's how we met. And then I had drawn that cow tag here in town, or, or antlerless tag, I guess. And so I was, I was hooked, man. Heck yeah! No, yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny because he calls me up, and I, I actually was <laughs> sick that day. 
And uh, sure enough, that day he calls me up, I got one. Sorry, I can't come help you. <laughs> I'm not feeling too good. <laughs> He's like, yeah, right, asshole. No. I, it's funny because I had, so my dad and my brother-in-law came up here. My dad drew that same tag. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of opportunities. It's funny. My brother-in-law ha- didn't have any tag, but we were going to hunt with a harvest tag. And we went to this little school, like area behind a school by my house. One day when my brother-in-law's hunt wasn't working out. And I said, well, let's go down here, down the hill. And we walked down and I saw a cow down this power line and she was 204 yards. And I said, well, we can't walk down this power line or I can't go around this power line and get to her. There's no way. Mm-hmm. I said, but I've seen this on TV. I said, let's just see. So I put my bow up and I walked 180 yards down to her and she stood there the whole time. And I got to 24 yards, but she was straight on. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law stayed back and he's, finally she just turned and boogied out and I never got a shot. And I felt like, I had two feelings. One, that was pretty easy. And then two, like, did I just ruin my only chance? And my brother's like, why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you shoot? And I said, well, I couldn't get her to turn. And then I had other opportunities. I sent Tyler a video of one day in my backyard, a moose came through and a calf and she walked under my deck. Oh. And I told... My boy video. And, and it I was said, like a year old, like a, not this spring's calf. Yeah. The calf, right, was, right, right. I would have, the calf was big enough. Um, <clears throat> but I told Tyler, I said, I told my son, I'm going to open this door. And I already had an arrow knocked. And she was literally like, what, eight yards, maybe. Hmm. And I said, I think she's going to run about 10 yards and stop and turn around. Because that's what they always do when I go outside. They, they'll boogie a little bit and then they'll look. But. So I opened the door and she was looking at my glass and my wife's like, she saw a reflection of herself or another moose. But I opened the door thinking she'd run 10, 15 yards and then stop. And then she'd get a arrow in their ribs mm. while she boogied. So I sent him that video and sent it to my dad and everybody's like, yes, dumbass, you can't just open the door. and <laughs> You <laughs> can if you don't have your bow in your hand. Yeah. You can open your door and yeah. walk right up to yeah. them. You totally. know? And There's- so... I had some opportunities, and it was getting frustrating. There's some ironic things about that FMA, like guys that have the cow, the FMA cow tag, and they're like, I can't get out of the bulls. There's just bulls everywhere. That's all, all I see. And then if you're just if you're trying to get a bull, you know, on yep. the same thing. You don't see him anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. All you see is cows. I, did, I had a bull in my yard one night. It was a night. It was sketchy daytime. And There's I, no time if you can. I if you can see and almost shoot him shot this dude, and at last second I said, "Man, I saw a bull yesterday. I better check, like, get a." And sure enough, it was a little spike. And this is not when you had the cow tag for legal clarification, because <laughs> that is one of the weird things when you kill, when you have the cow tag, you can't Correct. kill a bull on kill this hunt. Yeah, right. And so I had that guy at like 19 yards, and we went in behind into Kramer's Field a bunch, and we saw him. On people's property that, and I'm not good enough to go knock on people's doors. I don't feel comfortable doing that yet, I guess. Maybe people do. Oh, so, people, people do. Yeah. And <laughs> my dad got one right on Mitchell, like just right off the road. And so I ended up driving up. And it's funny because Tyler was sick. One of my other buddies was. I've seen one of the biggest bulls I've ever seen in my life right off of Mitchell. Run across and jump in the pond, that gravel pond there. Like on well, the. Right by the exit yep, yep. of oh, yeah. where you could go oh, to yeah. Fred's right there, that gravel pond thing yep. like ran across the road in front of me. I slammed on the brakes. I was like, holy shit, that is a huge bull. 
he jumped right in that pond, swimming right towards town, towards houses, like headed right across the middle of that pond. I was like, that thing's dead. It was right during yeah. the moose season. I was like, that moose <laughs> is going the wrong yeah. way to live much longer. <clears throat> no, that little that spot right there is a funnel for I mean, even in the winter right now. Like, well, you see him the you cut see him, where it yeah. was cut on the other across from that mm-hmm. gravel pond. Yep. I see moose there all the time. Yep. No, what it was actually the day we were coming back from moose hunting. Oh, I remember. That, like, uh, well, my one my in laws had said that yeah. they seen. I think it was Isaac said he's seen a huge bull right there, or like a fifty inch bull, which is a huge bull for yeah, town. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. Anyway, so we, I had actually this Saturday. It's a few weeks ago. Me and my wife are driving. Everybody's out of town. You're mm-hmm. sick, and I. Joked, my neighbor's out of town. I joked. I said, today's probably the day I'm going to shoot one. And we drove back behind Plant World back in there by Kramer's, the back end of Kramer's. Mm-hmm. And we saw two moose on somebody's property. And I I said, I can't do it. And so we left and we went and got the kids McDonald's. And we're coming back. And she goes, go back in there. Saw two more, one with a little calf that I didn't want to orphan. So we left and we're driving down. Actually on the phone with my sister. And all of a sudden a moose steps out on the other side of a road. And I was like. Oh, shit. So I pull over, and I could tell she wanted to cross the road, so I crossed it in front of her, and I got off the road to where I know you're not supposed to be on hard or improved surfaces. And I had her at 44 yards, and she stopped just totally broadside and looked at me, and I thought, I think I could get a little closer. And so I crept up to about 34, and I – it's funny because – Five minutes before that, I was whining to my wife saying, I, I screwed up. I missed my opportunities. It's over. I ain't going to get <laughs> one. And next thing I know, I'm at 34 yards and I, I drew back and I let her have it. And I, I've watched enough hunting shows in the last year that you see it where it's blood's pumping out. And I could see her running, the blood just shooting out. And I was like, no, yeah. she's screwed. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. It was all, and she ran. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Maybe 50 <laughs> yards and fell over and was dead in this field. And I'm like, holy shit, it really happened. Like, that it was all of a sudden i was i filled my tag it was cool it was yeah it is you'll find over the years that so many times it happens just like that (laughs) and i think it was i missed so many opportunities because i was deathly afraid of making a bad shot and hurting an animal i told myself don't that's okay though yeah no and i i was good with because there's that. folks that are the opposite yeah, that are just like flinging and arrows. And there's, there's also to take into consideration that if you stick with this and you do it long enough, shit's going to go south on you at some point in time. Yep. It's inevitable. It just, and it's not, a lot of times, nothing that you, there's nothing you can do about it. Sure. It's, if you do anything long enough, sure. something's going to go yeah. wrong. Well, and you're going to get it, more confident. And, well, and yeah. it's not even, it's Let, not even that. It's just that there's so many variables to every situation that eventually things yeah something yeah. happens they start to move when you yeah she yeah it's funny because i i remember right when i was releasing the arrow i could see her head like she'd said okay i've been here long enough and like you say if she would have done that a second and a half earlier and starts moving right before a release then it could be bad but yeah there's it's just it's just the nature of it. it's an imperfect thing right I there's mean, you know when you're dealing with perfect about it, right. shooting animals with any sort of different weapon i mean it's just, it's just mm-hmm. not a, it's yeah. not a controlled situation so yeah he's just saying to keep that in mind so eventually no, I, so I eventually agree. there's going to be a shitty, yeah, just shitty sure. situation i just didn't two. want it to be yeah. the first yeah. one yeah. no yeah no that's understandable for sure no. but 
just yeah, bear in mind that eventually something yeah. something no, happens. No, but that's and you could go the rest of your life and every shot you make is perfect yeah, and the no, animal no. just goes 40 yards or less and no, dies. No, that but... was that was some inter- <clears throat> divine intervention there. It was it was No, you'd been practicing though, man. I mean, you got to well, don't let your head grow out of your beanie there, but <laughs> I mean, but give yourself you know a little bit of credit. You but were, your you first animal, at it. yeah. You well, can pat yourself I mean, on the back. I mean, the, the, the vitals on a moose aren't exactly like a beer can. I mean, I'm, it's, it's you got some yeah. some leeway. Oh, my dad would tell you a story shooting right over moose's back two or three times at about fifteen yards when he was young, like a long time. Ago. Yeah, yeah no, technologies have changed too. I'm sure. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was, it was cool. I mean, and my wife got to be there, and she got her hands bloody, and it, it was nice. cool. That was what she wanted to do. She wanted to do the dissection. Yeah, she's she's used to doing that surgery stuff. So yeah, that's uh, well, when you're dealing with Doctor Schultz here, it's a little less less precise, a little more. Right. <laughs> speed, speed normally cutting. when I'm cutting, just go. They're go, already go. dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not trying to save any lives here. <laughs> no. no, yeah. Well, what that one time I think I told him, I was like, man, it just get, thinking of cutting on people gives me the heebie-jeebies. So he said, I'll jump right in on a critter. And yeah, <laughs> the consequences are a little bit yeah. more significant. Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, yeah, that's awesome. And I remember. Uh, Telling you, like, because when you call, it's like, make sure your heart, make sure your tag is cut, because you will probably get a visit. Oh by the yeah, troopers. yeah. So I did. He did. Tyler told me that. Cut your tag, and well, I mean that's a rule of thumb. First thing you do. It must. Yeah, have but been. it's easy to forget. So that's why I well, remind. And it yeah. seemed like it was an interstate in L.A. that day. Every damn person in town drove right by us, and <clears throat> like Tyler said, a bunch of Karens pulled over and were stopping, and I kind of told the guy I was with and and my wife, yeah, troopers are going to get here at some point, like Tyler said. And right, I mean, we just finished bagging up. My buddy had shown up with a sled and a snow machine, and it was nice. And we took the snow machine back up to the road, and this trooper shows up. And then two more, he's like, I'm not a fishing game. So two more guys showed up, and it, a little intimidating for a guy who's never done it to now be having three police cars with lights on. But, yeah, I I did everything by the book. So yep. it was actually good that they showed up because it made me feel better because you know they were going to show up at some point whether I'm there or not. Right. Ultimately and, vindicating, yeah. yeah. And yeah. for them to say, yeah, you're good, and that was mm-hmm. that worked out yeah. good. Which I – And it happens all – I mean, it's got to be that I guarantee that almost – it's got to be like 90% of the moose that are shot in town. We at the bull when you can, you know, during mm-hmm. season, the second bull season, or any of these cow management tags. I bet the troopers are called on 90% of the killed That's animals because people drive by like, well, some fucking yep. assholes yeah, shooting the, stuff in town. The cop never, told my never. wife that we had to come because so many people called. I don't know what yeah. that means, but. Yeah. Fucking unreal. Which, like, hindsight, you know, gave me the thought and was like, maybe I should have told you to be like, to call the trooper dispatch and be like, look, here's the deal. I have my license, everything. If yeah. you guys, you're you guys are going to get, get calls, with calls, so if you got to send someone, you know what's going on. They yeah. can send the right person. Fucking assholes, wasting everybody's time and resources. And like, oh, they could be out there pursuing real criminals, but people 
get a stick up their ass, these freaking Karens, even here in Fairbanks, Alaska, there's so many kooks yeah. that are just like, hey, you know, oh, what they're doing, it might be, might be illegal, it right. doesn't look right to me, I'm right. going to ruin their and day. You know? I somebody else's business would right up your ass immediately. It's yeah. like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, and I would have thought, <clears throat> opposite, I would have thought, yeah, they know it's hunting season. But oh, yeah. Well, you would think. You're right. They don't. And it should. No, it's you know, exactly right. They and don't know. Even the troopers were saying when they were talking on the radio to each other coming, they're like, did somebody hit a moose? Like, they didn't. The guys that came didn't realize. Well, who knows what if they're going to show up with the freaking SWAT team because some cat lady tells you, oh, there's a guy shooting at cars yeah. now, shooting arrows at cars down here. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you never know. One time I was with. Uh, I was helping out with some kids like trapping clinic or part of something fishing game was putting on and me and one of the fishing game guys were, it was like beforehand we were going to check. He had made a couple beaver sets just upstream on the Chena from the, um, Steese bridge. Mm-hmm. So like just upstream from downtown. Yeah. And, uh, and of course you, you're, have to be permitted to trap beavers on the Chena and that right. area, whatever nailed give some like depredation per whatever anyway i mean it's basically but, the same as the cow tags in town yeah it's like, it, there's it, a reason for this yeah it was a fishing game like specific trying to get catch a couple beavers so we for sure had something to skin because i think the other ones we actually like set with the kids made some sets on noise slew back behind the fishing game shooting range nice and but we just wanted to have like some insurance to make sure we had a beaver to skin we go out there and Sitting there checking, in. We'd, I think there was like a set on each side, of the, or there was a lodge on each side, of the, I don't remember. Checking the set, and I see two like Fairbanks City cops, like acting all sneaky and tactical, <laughs> like one of them's like behind a bridge piling with his gun, and the other one comes walking down and says, are you guys, you know, are you guys shooting down here? Uh, no. Oh, we got call a report saying there's two guys on the river ice down here shooting and blah, blah, like whatever was like, uh, no, and the guy's like, no, I'm a fishing game employee. Like, this is, you know, a marked, like, permitted set and mm-hmm. whatever. So then when we got back to the truck, it didn't end up catching anything. We got back to the truck. The state troopers were waiting there, and we had driven there in a state truck. They are like, yeah, we figured it was something like this, but, some, you know, some lady called mm-hmm. this dispatch saying this, and it was a different story. But some people just. Well, <sighs> the problem is, is. The troopers and the town cops and everything is a resource. And when they're getting calls because people just assume that you've got a gun and you're, you don't, you're trapping, yeah. they don't fully figure out the situation. Instead, just pick up their phone and call the cops up. Now you end up with a trooper at your truck and two town cops. So four, that, four personnel. Four yeah. personnel that are doing something that's not necessary where they could have yeah. been needed somewhere else at and the I same think, time. And I think and some people a waste in, of fucking and I, and time. I think some people in, will, I mean, will obviously will intentionally lie just because to, they think they, speed up the they need to get the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's bullshit. Even here, you know, even here, like the last good place and it's still this. So I feel uh, for you, man. But I mean, yeah, it's, you know, even though, even overall, like you said, like the troopers were pretty cool to you and, well, like no one was. Temple a, but, had that picture a couple of years ago where that dude shot that that little bull yeah. behind the Nolwean Library, I yeah, think, or yeah, something like yeah, that. We're talking yep. like in, in town, town. <laughs> and it was totally legit. The whole thing yeah. was fully legit. 
tons of the picture that Temple sent us was the guy with his bow and like two state troopers and four town cops, city cops all sitting around the moose. Everybody like in this great big picture, like everybody smiling yeah. and thumbs up and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> so sometimes when they come and it makes for a super cool yeah. photo op, you know, with your animal. Yeah. No, because it was like some public land, like or or the adjacent land was burrow land, which you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was something like that, but it was yeah. He shot this moose basically right outside of downtown. Yeah. And if that moose and it was totally legal, shot by oh, or hit by, get car. hit by a car. Yeah. 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 No, I mean I re- I remember reading stories recently and. In the past couple of years in Anchorage, like actually the co- or the troopers maybe down there ticketed some people for harassment, for harassing hunters. Or oh. a guy had shot a moose on like some public land behind one of the Fred Myers or something like that. That was a few years ago when I was trapping and that guy pulled me over up, up my way. Started screaming at me, telling me that everything, that I was... It was illegal what I was doing and it was immoral and unethical <laughs> and all this shit and I was like... Dude, I pulled out my phone and I was like, the only thing that's illegal here is you harassing me. Do you want me to call the troopers or do you want to call them? I was like, I'll call right now and get the troopers over here. I was like, this is bullshit. You harassing me is illegal. There was nothing that I was doing that was illegal. You know, I had everywhere that I had traps set and everything was all legit, the whole thing. I was real specific to keep them off of any kind of trails that people used. And, you know, it was like I went out of my way. Mm-hmm. To make sure everything was right, and this guy just decides that he is just going to bitch me out to no end, and I was just finally like, "Dude, you need to pump your brakes." I was like, "This is bullshit. This is harassment." Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I feel for you. Unfortunately, it just sucks that that's the reality. There's so many people with a case of the ass that just got to get one over on somebody. Yep. Well, and that lady or ladies or however many people they're gonna. Sorry, we're not just assuming. Well, or dude, actually, one of them was probably a guy. I saw a guy pull up in his Prius with his mask on in his car by himself and stop. Oh man, there you go. Guarantee that dude. He called. called. (laughs) That's awesome. And so, I mean, not to judge anyone, but (laughs) yeah, that was. (sighs) Sir, I need you to stand six feet back. (laughs) I need you to keep your distance. Oh, gosh. I want to check your license, but can you sanitize first? (laughs) Here's some some hand sanitizer. What's the first piece of meat that you ate off your moose? Yeah. We just had some ground. My, my, uh, a friend of ours gave us some tamales and we made some red chili with, with ground moose in it. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was awesome. It's funny. My wife and I processed the whole thing and I needed about a week to not eat any because, the smell kind of – it's the first time I've ever processed an animal, and the smell kind of got to me. I knew I'd have no problem eating it, but I, my wife wanted to make burgers the next day, and I said, eh, I need a day or a week. Huh. <laughs> oh, you give I it normally, some time. You give it some time. You'll be I, making a fire next door. <laughs> I was just going to say, holy shit, I, I have trouble. I normally have a frying pan going as I'm cutting, and I'm like, ooh, this looks like a nice piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> right in there. Don't even take the gloves off. Just like having me out of the frying pan, firing it into my mouth. <clears throat> oh man, yeah, no, I I'd get that though. My my dad's the same way. So when we were kids, we raised chickens and turkeys. One at one point, I think we we had a bunch of big turkeys, and he you know butcher day comes and scald them and pluck them and and. 
then I think it was it was like within a few days he cooked one to try it and said he thought it was like something was wrong with them or something they're bad you know just tasted just like that scalding plucking smell mm. turkey guts you know and then so it just you know left the rest of them in the freezer and tried one about a month or two later and it was just fine it's just delicious that residual mm. like so i it just you know, was no, a, over the whole thing i know point. i definitely understand what you're talking about You'll get better. Yeah, You'll get better. no, I, I'm. We're gonna. We got a full freezer. It's awesome. I. Uh, it's a good feeling, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, it, it's funny. Before I moved up here, eat, I'm just one of those old city boys that goes and buys beef at the store. And like you say, now you shoot your own animal and you process it, and you know, not even taking it to somebody to get processed. You, now you know where your meat came from, and it's mm-hmm. it's cool walking to the garage and grabbing a a fresh pack of ground or, or something and, and cooking it and knowing like when my son shot that caribou, we had burgers one night and ride pretty soon. And we said, look, dude, this is, this is what you shot. And it was cool. It's a good feeling. And then, yeah, it was really good food. So that helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll get, so I, I, I contributed to my household this year. Yeah, not you just, did. Not just the wife. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah, you did. Trophy husband, trophy hunter. There you go. We can't all do what I do, but. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's freaking cool, man. What's, uh, you got any, did you, yeah. Well, now the, it's too late now. The hunt, hunt application period's closed. Yeah, I'm in though. My son's You're in. in. And, uh, we're, I need something with antlers, I guess, next time, but. That don't matter. Just. I'm, I'm hooked. You can still be in the bump your numbers up phase if you want. <laughs> yeah, what was I just saying before Jeremy got here? The somebody sent me a picture of a shirt, the the spoon and crock pot. Yeah, no, killing, was... killing tomorrow's trophy today. Yeah. yeah, Frank's a board. Frank's a board member. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. I could use that shirt right now. Yeah, I could too. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <laughs> and I'll shoot another cow if I'm given the opportunity. I just. Uh, you can get a bull. It can be a little one, though. Oh yeah, I'm not. I don't need or a big one. Or yeah. a big one. Or anything. Well, it was funny. I don't know. Did I send you that video right after we shot that cow? I mean, she's laying. Oh, there you did. Fifty the video, yards yeah. away, and I'm sitting in the car, and I think we'd gotten my buddy on the horn to come help, but we're sitting there, kind of like, shit. What do we do now? And uh, all of a sudden, I look in the rearview mirror, and here's a bull, probably like a little thirty-inch bull running behind our car towards her and then he starts he gets over to about 15 yards from her and he stops and knows that he's things are not good yeah, in this area. <laughs> yeah. and he kind of like looking around he kind of stomped Uh-oh. around he got mad and and he ran off but it was like that was a nice size bull for in town mm-hmm. and uh just all that action within 30 minutes of of shooting one and seeing that nice little bull run around and that was the first day of that any bull season. Oh, gotcha. So I'm surprised he was rolling around. <laughs> he might not be alive today. <laughs> he might be up there too, yeah. No, so. which, which I don't – That's what would be surprising too because they're pretty bachelored up now. There's probably more than – they typically are hanging out with other bulls right now. Yeah. No, that, but it seems like by the time – I'm trying to think if I know anybody that's killed a bull in that late opener 
for the archery local archery season because they're pretty Seth, much in there. Like Seth came back, he said he was going to hunt a little bit, and I know he didn't get one. He said that he didn't, but I know he did say that he was going to hunt a little bit. He had been down south somewhere deer hunting and pheasant hunting. My neighbor's this. buddy shot one that day because he was on my oh. list of people to call. Oh, and gotcha. He didn't answer. Oh, <laughs> so he was another one that didn't get to help me. But I'd come help you, but I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come help me? Yeah. Come help me first, and then we'll worry about yours. But so yeah, but I don't know anybody else who bow hunts besides you guys. So, and you guys had already killed moose. So I don't really consider myself a bow hunter. <laughs> we'll throw that out there on the table. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, no. So the, yeah, did yeah to make your feel better. Yeah, that you're one. You're one one arrow for one. Although you know Frank's with the trick, the jugular trick shots over here. Yeah, well, I had to. That was my last oh, arrow, though. Yeah. I, emptied the, I emptied the quiver. On the bear, right? Yeah. yeah. you told me that story. Was that from the ground blind or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he was pissed. There's a little more adrenaline, I'm assuming, with a bear than a moose. Um, It kind of it probably uh, depends on the person and the situation, yeah. I'd say. I, don't, I know that I was like, when that bear first came in, I was wound right up because he came right in and like, bluff charged us yeah <laughs> tyler whipped the 12 gauge across in front of my face where i was sitting and i was like oh man if he has to shoot i put my arm up and like covered my ears i was like this is going to be so loud if the shotgun goes off right here and i mean the bear stopped coming but it was like the situation was like holy shit the shotgun was up quick yeah. and like this bear's like coming right in here with us we we got there and they had been using our blind to sleep in yeah they had like the made were? a nest yeah. almost Jeez. in the blind that we had built, so it was like, "Fuck, they're definitely here. They've been, <laughs> they've been right here where we're sitting." <clears throat> All sort of. And then hair. you know, I shot at him so many times, and he kept like running off, and he really wanted to eat, so he was pissed off. By the time I finally hit him with an arrow, he was angry, you know. So it was like, yeah, well, but whatever. He didn't care after that when he first came in and. Realized that he wasn't going to. Was it a compound us. bow or was it a? It was a recurve. Yeah. So see, there's another disadvantage. I mean, that's way harder than I think a compound, right? Oh yeah, way harder. Yeah. No, but it, it, I'm, I'm like bows are just, just giving a jab. Hard, yeah. in general. If you're not, you know, and I hadn't really been at it very long. Um, Have you killed other things with a bow? Oh no, I threw the thing on the ground. I was done. <laughs> one for one, I'm out. Yeah. I've hunted a little bit more with it and just not had any shot opportunities. I've had, like, the worst luck with bows, though. I blew up a string in Nick's truck, in the bow inside oh, the truck. Oh, that's right, yeah. The string broke, and it sounded like a fucking gun went off in the truck. Because your limbs? We pulled over, and Nick's like, what the fuck was that? It's like my ears were ringing because the limbs hit something in the back of the yeah. truck when the thing straightened out. So finally, I'm like, well, shit, it was my bowstrings broken. He's like, what? He's like, I've been bow hunting since I was a little kid. I've never seen a bowstring break before. Sure, shit. I was like, well, you look at this, and you tell me what you think. I'd say it's broken. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely broken. Where's your extra string? I was like, I don't have an extra string. He's like, what are you talking about? These things don't break. You just got done telling me that. <laughs> but about a month later, I'm shooting on back deck. And I go walk, I set the bow down, I go walking over to the target to pull my arrows out, and I hear, pow! And I turn around, and the limb broke in half. Jeez. Snapped the limb in half. And I was when like, you were, not even when you were pulling it back. I didn't even know the bow was like wow. sitting down on the deck. 
and it broke a limb. And I was like, I have to got between trad bows and chainsaws. I've got the worst luck. Every pistols of anybody <laughs> blowing up Shit's guns, just exploding and, everywhere, dropping <laughs> chainsaws in the river and getting driven over with a friggin' dozer. Yeah, broken bows and strings and shit. Gets expensive, yeah, stuff doesn't it? Stuff just doesn't... Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'd be retired now if I didn't break all this shit all the time. <clears throat> oh, man, yeah. Now, the only... I broke one recurve string. It was actually Skip's bow. Mm-hmm. And he had lent it to me because I, I had bought I the first, like, one of Neil's... Uh, like those bear's paw recurves I bought, mm-hmm. the riser started cracking. And long story short, it ended up being the block of this certain type of wood he had made. It's like a like a resin injected wood, like it was a bad chunk of wood. Mm-hmm. And like he had issues with stuff he made out of that chunk. So I'd sent it back and uh, and I was going brown bear hunting though and Skip lent me his bow. And that string, I think it was just old or something, but it broke. I did tell him about that, I think. As you were as you were pulling, how, yeah, as how I was it, pulling, yeah, oh, or really? no, no, it was at the shot. The sh- it broke when you released, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I think it like got some of the energy. It didn't seem to damage the limbs or anything like that. But right on. I, the only other one, uh, I had it was actually kind of like the bow that got me back into shooting uh, long bows and recurves. Um, guy had helped me make a guy that made a bunch of like old style, like you, you would longbows and stuff like that helped me i made one out of maple and was shit decided i was going to kill it was when i this it was actually just a couple days before i killed that bear that's mounted out in the main garage um decided i was going to kill a bear with that bow that spring and it was like two, 2011 i think and so i had been shooting that thing for like an hour a day just starting from scratch literally and it was like two days before i i was going to go hunting and the day i ended up killing him just draw her back and kapow limb just exploded one of the things the it upper limb just exploded did it delaminate oh it, it wasn't even because lam- it wasn't laminated oh, it was a it was a, a self bow like uh oh just i see made I out gotcha. of a, just a stick basically yeah so no i just freaking vaporized man exploded <laughs> no shit toast <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a little scary you, well yeah you're lucky you don't have pieces of wood sticking in you and shit yeah. you know when they come apart it's a lot of pressure yeah yeah <clears> no <throat> But that one that mine broke right at the thinnest part of the limb, like it where it thins out before it yep, like yep. goes into the curve. Yeah, right there is where it broke, and it was like clean straight across wow. the limb, not like I mean I've heard diagonal of, I've heard break of, or anything. I've heard of limbs, and especially like che- you know che- cheaper this limbs. Is, right. And the, yeah, well, it's that like, you know it's a Fleetwood. I mean, it's yeah. not an expensive bow entry level bow, means. but yeah. Um, I've heard of them, those limbs coming apart, like leaving them strung in a hot vehicle where it just gets hot enough that the glue loses some of its strength. And well, it could be. But, it was in the summer, and it was a warm day. It's warm on the back porch. Yeah. It's sunny and hot back there where I was shooting. So it could have had something to do with heat. I mean, it doesn't help. Those things are yeah, they, jet black, and the, they, the limbs yeah. are, you know. They don't have the highest QC reputation, I don't right. think. Well, I, I mean, now I have um, Samick limbs go right yeah. on there so yeah I mean, whatever i'm sure they're not no, the it works it freaking works thing either yeah but it works exactly yeah it's user, no jeremy it's error. a big it's a big wide world out there wait until you 
get into muzzle loaders and blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple. I bought a in a raffle. I got a a six five Creedmoor that my son used and ended up actually getting two of them because there was another raffle and I couldn't let somebody get it for cheaper than I got <laughs> the, the first one. So I ended up getting. Is two. that what he used to shoot his yeah. caribou with? Yeah. Right on. I was going to ask that and, and it I was forgot to do so. It's a cool gun, but now. If for some reason, I have two of them. But what what type of rifle is it? Uh, isn't it a weather? Isn't yeah. it a Weatherby? Um, one of the uh, it's the Vanguard ones. Yeah, isn't it? I think you're right. Right yeah. on. I'm not totally versed on all that, but yeah, I think it is a Weatherby. Right on. And uh, it was a good. I mean, it shot great. And so I've got I've got some some rifles purchased already that I've never used personally <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's okay other got than you, the range got you a can yeah yeah i i got two suppressors this last couple months so one for the 22 and one for the bigger one so that'll make it funner yeah because i think you bought yours like right after i because i have one that i had bought a long time long story short but uh was waiting on a transfer for a 22 can i think i'd filed my stuff right before him and i got mine he's like this is bullshit what what am i gonna get mine you know (laughs) i don't know but it was like an hour later an hour later call from the dude at the place saying hey yours is in and they i think they closed it like seven and it was 658 i said how are you gonna be there can i I come down now like like, christmas i've been waiting for a year i'll be there now (laughs) yeah so it it was it takes about a year doesn't it no mine was mine was because they told me it wasn't going to be here till months or so. February. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it varies. It can vary bad. tremendously yeah. depending on like the the dealer we were we were went through. They were doing it electronically. Where like all your fingerprints, everything's freaking boom, boom, boom. You do it right there electronically. Um, you know where paper one like guys filing form ones, which is like if you want to make a suppressor or <clears throat> change, you know, change a. Uh, pistol into a short barrel rifle um you want like stuff you do yourself you have to file a form one with the atf and like i'd heard that they i don't have heard anything lately but about around that time frame like last spring for like if you e-filed them it would take like 30 days oh no if you turn it if you paper filed them it could take like nine months yeah that's the form fours are just ridi- ridiculously slow there's <clears> no <throat> reason for it aside from it's like intent i don't know that's a whole different ball road that, that I'm not completely educated on that I probably shouldn't be. But it's yeah. it's way slower than it should be. I mean, you should be able to buy those freaking things over the counter. I'd probably have more than two then. Oh, you guarantee you would. <laughs> I would too. They'd be cheaper too. I should get one. I mean, I wouldn't carry it around hunting, but as far as just shooting, when you're shooting at paper and just to be able to not think about having earmuffs yeah. on and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's, it's just nice. so much nicer, yeah. Makes the whole the whole you know, that you do get some re- not quite as much recoil reduction probably as a break, but yeah. you do get some and it just makes everything it makes it so much more pleasant to shoot, you know. There's like life before there's life before you shoot suppressors and there's life Shit, after. Yeah. <laughs> My son shot that and he didn't have ear protection on at all and yeah. and I was right next to him and it wasn't unbearable it was what i don't yeah, ever <laughs> <laughs> i'm shooting a lot it's which is super bad but i don't ever wear like when we're hunting i don't ever wear i don't protection. when we're hunting 
which is one reason like I don't I have no interest in having a muzzle brake on any of my hunting rifles. And you you guys yeah. don't carry you don't carry a suppressor up for sheep, right? You go no, as minimal as possible. No, yeah. yeah. It's just I mean I've thought about it before but it's just why why yeah. not necessary. You know, yeah. I ha- there's not you know what 90% of the situations you're not firing more than one or two shots anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean I and and just even part of the I don't know terrain wise it's yeah, you know, it's like the cliche thing. Oh, I didn't hear them hear the gun go off. But a lot of times, like where you're shooting, it's not like you're shooting on a steel bench. Oh no, exactly. You know, and it's under like a when you're rough. shooting in the yeah. mountains, it's like you heart. I mean, there's also a lot to the factor that you're excited and yeah. I don't care. It was like I gotta bring earplugs. I gotta bring earplugs. Gotta bring earplugs. And I was like, what's well, fine? You know, I was like, it's not necessary. And you, you I can't explain it to you. Yeah, but. After you shoot your sheep, you'll be like, I didn't even hear the gun go yeah. off. <laughs> but you, I can tell you that now, and you'll be like, bullshit, how does that? Yeah. There's no way. And my ears ring every single time, even with ear protection. And I was like, I can't explain it to you. I don't know what to say. It's just that your adrenaline is going, and you're not going to hear the gun and go maybe off. Maybe that's why I didn't hear the my boy shoot. Oh, soon as soon as she shot, as soon as the shooting was done, she's like, I didn't even hear the gun go off, and I was like, "I guess that I don't makes sense." Say I told you so, but <laughs> I told you so. Yeah, no ears ringing, no, you know, no issue whatsoever with with it. And, and like I was saying before, is I also think that in the mountains, it's it's so wide open, you know, and it's like oh, yeah. funneling that sound away from you because you're typically shooting downhill. You know? No, you're right, and and I probably wouldn't have worried about it as much, but for my son, I, I was like, "Yeah, if you got it, let's bring it." and but you do that does make sense. The adrenaline and the excitement take over, and yeah, let's just knock something down. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. So how? I mean, if you don't want to say where you were, where did you go? You don't have to, but where did you go for the caribou? You you oh, went up the steeps. Yeah. How the, far up did you go? He shot. You're talking about my sons, right? He yeah. Shot him like a hundred yards, I think, from Eagle. From the summit yeah. there? Right yeah. on. So There's that station, that little weather station or whatever that is, right by the parking lot? Mm-hmm. So we were just up there, up up the road from that. Okay, right on. Nice. We, what's it called, 12-mile summit? Yeah. Was where we stopped first and saw them right up that hill mm-hmm. and went after them and then drove down the road and there's a place on the right that you can cross the river. We took four-wheelers back in there six eight ten miles Mm -hmm. and just saw some cool country that i mean i've been here about seven years and never been up there it's beautiful up there i mean when there's no people up there it's beautiful it was awesome and yeah and we we had enough four-wheelers for my whole crew and it was fun and the boys loved it and then the trooper told us that we couldn't he first told us we could take four-wheelers wherever you want but then when he said there's caribou up there he said you got to hike to them yeah, but we ended up gutting that thing and just dragging it. It was probably four or five hundred yards from the road mm-hmm. after all was said and done, and there was three and a half adults. There was one other guy there helping us, and we ended up dragging it the whole body to the. We gut it and yeah. drug it to the truck. And few so, people, it's not yeah. not a big deal. And so, but yeah, I was right there at Eagle <clears throat> Summit. Um, we went up the last. Carrie and I went up there just to go hiking around and. Looking at some caribou the weekend before it opened to the general public. 
and watched a girl shoot her first caribou. Oh, so it was the first weekend right of August. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's when yeah. we were there. August 2nd is when my son shot. I think August 1st yeah. opened it. Probably it was and right then in we the We were same on the time Sunday, frame. yeah. I watched a girl from the parking lot at Eagle Summit go over with her dad and shoot her first caribou, which was awesome to sit there and, like, watch him cruise over and then wait for the caribou to work up in front of her. And then, like, they're far enough away, so, like, you could see him, and then she'd, like, look up at her dad, and he was standing there with binoculars, and then you could see him, like, going back and forth, yeah. and then all of a sudden you see her, like, move around and then hear the gunshot, see the caribou fall over, and then see her jump up, and then, like, they yeah. both hugged, and she <laughs> could just be, like, even at, like, 600 yards, I was like, that kid is really excited right now. You sure that, that wasn't so me and my, cool. my, my daughter, who's really my son? <laughs> sounds <No>. like, <laughs> sounds Unless exactly. he has a pink rifle. <laughs> I actually I actually know it was no. one of my yeah. one, a buddy of mine, his his friend's kid and It was cool, man. The only yeah. the worst part about that hunt is that he can't ever do it again. For R- the youth. Right. Because right. it was so like you say, the nobody's up there. I mean we saw one other friend of ours that was there so we went sunday and saturday i think open opening day and another friend of ours him and his son and his buddy's son shot one saturday mm-hmm. so, so it had been august 5th is when i was up there okay so yeah we i think is the seconds of sunday i think so we he shot him on august 2nd it was it was awesome i mean just nobody up there and tons and tons of caribou he's there it was cool i mean more caribou than i've ever seen and that doesn't mean anything i haven't been out a ton but seeing a bunch of them was was neat and obviously having a successful yeah hunt makes it better but i don't know it was good like i was i was impressed and like i mean it was good to hear that he held off when he wasn't comfortable too and then like was rewarded at the end of the day you know mm-hmm. obviously you're not always going to be you know you may not get another yeah. shot opportunity yeah. but being you know having having the wherewithal to be like no I'm not like this shot's not not happening not what I'm looking for not comfortable and, well that means that and you I'm guys gonna went wait. over yeah. everything properly yep. before yep. you know before the situation was unraveling and he knew that yeah no, that is really good yeah we had talked like you need to make sure you don't care about it what anybody here says me or my dad or my brother-in-law no it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's your animal when you're ready you pull the trigger if you're not ready if you don't ever pull the trigger no big deal so mm-hmm. he was it's funny to watch how he changed, though, from missing the first opportunities to I'll shoot anything. I'll I'll shoot that little one. <laughs> but then he got he got a nice bull. I mean, it wasn't the biggest one out there, but it's we're getting it mounted. And Nothing he, wrong with that. Yeah. Bull. Oh yeah. He's he's you get, you're getting it mounted. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. We took right it on. down, and we're getting a Euro mount. And he was. It's funny because I joked with him. So what did we find out in February about the draw? And he mm-hmm. would talk so much shit like. <laughs> This is where I'm going to hang it. Like, I said, dude, like, I know you drew on your first try ever, but you still got a lot of work. And then he he shot one bullet, double lunged it. I mean, it it killed, it's awesome. And so he's like, see, I told you we're going to hang it right here. That's awesome. And so, and then he gave me crap because he got to kill something before me, which was cool, but I've tied him up now. So we're good. (laughs) 
Heck yeah, man. But it's not a competition. No. It's not a no. competition. <laughs> everything in my house is a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely everything. Uh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'm, uh... Mm. The last time that I was here when we were doing a podcast, we were talking about trail cameras, and I talked about the one we had, and I couldn't think of what it was called. Not the name of the trail camera, but it was like a, a beam. So it's like shoots a beam across to a reflector. A trail timer. Trail timer or whatever. Yep, and it, yep. there's like a, there was a name, and I couldn't think of it, what it was called, but there were events. like Events. So you'd go, and when you'd check to see... It was. It had an event log, and the event log would just oh, be like, yeah. 200 events from <laughs> yesterday at whatever." So it's like, if a deer walked by and it was legs weren't lined up when it went by, it would be four events yeah. for one deer. <laughs> so you'd be like, "Me and my brother were little kids, you know." So we go down there and be like, "800 events yeah. since we checked this thing last." And we'd be like, "Oh my god, there's 800 <laughs> deer down here!" And my dad would be like, "Well, each deer has four legs, and that deer could just have walked back and forth like a hundred times." <laughs> so, better, it's better to think that there's 800 deer though well of course right when you're 10 11 yeah. years old that's uh, all you want to think uh, is that there's that there's everywhere. 800 deer yeah oh yeah but unsaid sad but there's not that many deer where i grew up <laughs> hunting my dad just hunted um three weeks of rifle season or it's like two and a half weeks i yeah. think something like that and then a week of muzzleloader season, and I think that he said that he didn't sit out of those basically four weeks of hunting six times. Oh, so he's hunting almost every day. Almost every day, he didn't see a single deer. Holy Not cow. one deer. Jeez. Nothing. Can you imagine going a whole season? No. And I just talked to, finally, I just talked to my buddy, Dave, sent me a text today. I've been texting him. About, because uh, he does a lot of tracking, mm-hmm. and he's always, he's a good hunter. He's really successful, um, but I've been hearing stories that it was no snow and really warm back there this year, and for a tracker, that's, you know, you're relying on snow. Yeah. You have to have snow, you know, or you're just still hunting in the woods, and you can be successful that way as well, but... I was I texted him, and he didn't respond, so I texted him again a couple of days ago. And he texted me back this morning. He said, just turn my phone on. I've had it off for five weeks. <laughs> Past five weeks of my life. He said hunt season sucked this year. He did shoot one deer. Um, he said he shot it sleeping in its bed. Snuck right up on it. Pretty wow. nice buck. But uh, he said deer hunting sucked. So hearing from my dad that he didn't see anything at all. Hunting a totally different way. You know, he hunts out of tree stands. Um Whereas a lot of guys back there will get after deer and, you know, still hunt or track them. Um, but, yeah, pretty shoddy. Pretty yeah. shoddy. Does he come up here and hunt? There. Will your dad come up here and hunt? Uh, he has, and he's come up here to fish. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get him moose up here. Moose camp would be fun for I'd your like dad. I'd like to get him up You'd here like to, to go to go moose hunting with us, yeah. I think it's going to be one of the next programs. I just have to, because we're yeah. only going to take... A couple of moose out of there, if if two each year, and that's me giving up my tag for my dad to yeah. basically, you know, I mean, obviously he's going to shoot, but I'll have to say that I'm not going to hunt this year for sure. In order for him to when him we to shoot one, when so. we first decided to take this job for my wife, come up here was in 13, mm-hmm. and nobody was 
too fired up. My mom didn't want us to leave, and I don't think Jessica's parents really were keen on her leaving, especially this far. My dad's like, you guys should probably just stay there forever. <laughs> he's a, he's a big, <laughs> yeah. big time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's come up here and killed two moose, and and I mean, both of them that been that, he's drawn that cow tag yeah. two of the last four years. So No and, shit. Yeah. And the, as a non as a non resident, yeah. so I wonder that probably not a lot. Most non residents just want to come up here and shoot a great big bull. Oh yeah, you know his buddy. The year so you could do it every other year, right? If you draw it, yeah. The year he couldn't draw, his buddy put in and drew. So so he's been up here for three. Yeah. Did he come up with his buddy? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's staying with us. So yeah. So yeah, they've killed basically they've killed a moose three years in a row between the two of them, and then I so we got one this year. So yeah, that. It's it's unfortunate for him, I guess, that he can't put in for it next year. But, yeah. um, as so a non-resident, can he oh. just come up for the um, bull hunt, though? Yeah, he could harvest. Yeah, it. just yeah. regular yeah. harvest. But I think I think it's like eight hundred bucks for their harvest tag. It's I mean, for not for their locking there tag. Happens to be a buck yeah. right here. Happens yeah. to be buck. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely. I know that it's. I think it's I think it's about eight hundred bucks. So yeah, non-resident license fees. Uh, so locking tag is eight hundred. Yeah. He put in for that. So then you that, still have to get the hundred sixty dollar. Yeah, license. The license, yeah. license, and then wow, it's one hundred and sixty just for all game hunting, but hunting and trapping for non-resident brings it from one hundred and sixty up to four hundred five. Ooh. They get a lot for trapping side of that license for a non-resident to trap here. Man. Holy shit. He put in for that that sheep hunt this year, mm-hmm. and he said wherever he put in, he has to have next to Ken with him. Yep. I said, dude, my my guiding fees are steep. <laughs> 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 and I'm not the most seasoned guide, but I'm the only way you could get up there, so you better. Right. So. Even if even if you give him a, a half off normal <laughs> yeah. guide. Guide price is still like ten grand. Steep. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. cheap hunts got expensive for non. I mean, to have, if in or, like to have a is it eight hundred for non resident also? Um, for sheep, or is it? I think it's still eight hundred, isn't it? Sheep's eight fifty. Fifty. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, yeah, but the hunts. I mean, just the prices of the hunts are way more variable than the. Which did he? What did he put in for? Which DS two hundred four. Yeah. 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 So Delta walk. Late season uh, Delta. Yeah. <clears throat> and we know much about that is. Oh, sheep hunting's easy. You'll be fine. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. You probably shoot one right off your four wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on the trailer still. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just drag it over. <clears throat> Only had to run the winch out 50 feet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to. Climb in the mountains, you just drive down to the IGA parking lot there and wait for him to show up. Oh, but no, man. you're yeah, you're in a you're in a good spot to be getting into to get the into muskox yeah. is two thousand two hundred. Brown bears a thousand for locking tag for non resident. Oh. Just, is that is there any difference in brown bear at all or is it grizzly like, brown grizzly? Both oh, wow. both. It's just one yeah. tag. Yeah, one thousand bucks. Wowzer, bison nine hundred. But they've definitely got you with the moose and the sheep. Or, I mean, 
Not Trump change. Yeah, so he's, he's kicked six. in sixteen hundred bucks to this this economy up here. Yeah, in those two two hunts. So more than that because he was here that whole time hunting too. You oh, know? and then it's the like, license. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when he's here, he's mooching off me. So <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, next time no. he comes up here, since he's a well-seasoned Alaskan hunter, I'll have to come over here and do a podcast. Yeah. Talk about all the all the moose that he's crushing. Does he leave any meat with you when he shoots all these moose? This year he didn't because <laughs> I had that tag, and we were maybe overly cocky that I was going to be able to fill it. But You're going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then he went, he drew a late season, or didn't draw. He had a one of those, they gave out extra tags in New Mexico for either youth or or the old guys um, for elk. And he went down and my nephew shot one in a unit. And then right next, he, my dad was in the next unit over and they didn't see shit. Just like you said, your dad didn't see much deer. He didn't yeah. see any elk at all. So, Does he ever apply for those uh, those Gemsbuck tags or I guess they're Oryx? Mm. My brother-in-law does, I think. I don't know if my dad does. Yeah. My brother-in-law's hooked way yeah. worse than even I am. What are they? What are they? They're not well, orcs. There's something else. They call well, something. no, they're there's orcs, orcs in, down there. In oh, Africa, well, in Africa, they're referred to also as gemsbuck, but they're in, yeah, New orcs. Mexico, they're they're orcs, the same yeah. animal. Like, and there's there is different. What is there species something else of that's orcs. in New Mexico as well? Oddads. Oddads. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. Sorry. he actually he wants <laughs> me to come down and hunt those oddads, my brother-in-law, yeah. in, in like February or March. And yeah. I, Do it. I, yeah. And I think those are just over the counter. Oh, nice. So. I was gonna say that Moses makes great Christmas presents, but if your dad's coming up here shooting them every year, you can't really send him moose for a Christmas present. I just shipped off a couple of boxes of nice. meat, Christmas presents, frozen packages of moose and sheep and goat and all sort of stuff. It makes for people that don't get the stuff all the time. It makes for awesome. awesome I thought Christmas I heard on presents. one of these podcasts you don't give away the sheep. <laughs> well, I do to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I do to my they my parents. My parents type, get the huh? get the get some sheep but um i was like well you didn't get a deer this year i was like how's the freezer stash i was like i'm gonna be sending you like 40 pounds of meat or something whatever this box will hold but how's the meat stash and he's like i don't know i think we're gonna be doing okay and a couple seconds go and i'm like okay well what's okay how's the freezer looking how much meat do you have in the freezer i'll send you more if you need meat you know i was like i can put together a 60 pound box like now and send it to you well we just finished off the Last of 2018, so we're on to 2019's deer now. And I was like, well, how many deer did you shoot last year? Well, I shot three last year, so, yeah, we got some. I was like, what the fuck? You got plenty of meat, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) You didn't get one this year. So I hear my mom in the background, tell him that we'll send him some venison. (laughs) And I was like, my dad's like, oh, yeah, your mom just said, we'll put together a box and send you some venison. It's been a long time without even skipping a beat. I was like, I don't eat dog food. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, between all the goat and sheep and (laughs) moose that I have, I'd prefer not to eat any of that. I was just totally giving him shit. That venison is awesome. You know, whitetail deer meat is fucking good from back there. And I haven't Really, really good. My dad used to hunt deer years ago, and then he upgraded to elk. Yeah. Which and, is about, yeah. that's about second. In my mind, yeah, elk is great. right behind doll sheep. It's fucking so good. It's funny. My mom won't, doesn't want any elk now. She goes, I just want moose. And I think well, elk is excellent. Yeah. Um, 
Moose but is really good, well, too, like though. Moose. Yeah. I, Hard to beat it. I love moose now. I'm hooked. So when we moved up here, my neighbor, we got here in August, and my neighbor was awesome right away. And September rolls around, and I don't know shit about anything. And he goes, have you had moose? He showed up one day when I pulled up. He goes, have you ever had moose? I said, no. He goes, come over. And I went over, and he's got a shop. And then downstairs, he's got where he does all his butchering. He's got a massive animal hanging. It's a moose hanging. And he cuts me off this little chunk like this. And I'm like, dude, this is all you're going to give me? You got like, like five, 500 pounds and I get this little Ziploc bag full? And so we, we made it into some stew or something that night. And it was like, oh, this shit's good. Yeah. So My yeah. dad said he didn't have – I don't think he ever even – remembered having beef till he was like 13 or 14 <laughs> just because they'd eat moose yeah, yeah. That's... we had raised beef cows in our in the backyard oh, when i man. was a kid too so we'd like in the fall it was like shoot this thing and butcher time but we also had deer as well but i don't um, eat dog food <laughs> i don't eat dog food <laughs> um yeah. yeah so you said sheep and elk um are your one and two yeah what i've heard and I've just had it once. Black-tailed deer is really it good. Is, yeah, it is really, deer, it is really good. But I'll still take the elk over that black-tailed yeah. deer. And I don't know. I've never had Rocky Mountain. I've never had Rocky Mountain from... You just um, had Roosevelt from the island. Roosevelt yeah. from a Fognac is the only elk that I've ever eaten. So that's all I can... Well, we got to go down to New Mexico and shoot an elk. Let's yep, go. Exactly. That's the problem to have right there. Um. So I don't... I'm assuming that they're eating different things and the meat's going to taste different. But I haven't had that. That yeah, elk New, to New try Mexico's it. elk's really good. It's you know, I'm assuming that the elk, like the Roosevelt in Oregon, Washington, probably tastes similar to what we have up here. And I'm sure that the elk in Utah, Montana, Colorado, I'm sure they all taste different, you know? I mean, maybe yeah. not super different, but there's probably just depends yeah. on where they're at and what they're feeding I guess I've on. only ever had New Mexico elk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Probably yeah, not. it's hard to say. There's a lot of it good, though. I mean, sheep's yeah. sheep's definitely my favorite, but there's just like you can't even compare sheep and moose meat. Like they're just no. different meats. Yeah, I've never had sheep. I you know, I just cooked sheep and moose backstrap in one sitting for three three of us. Yeah, we're having dinner, and they're just like, "This is unbelievable!" The difference in the meat, mm-hmm. and it's just like so sheep is that much better than moose. It's just well, so like you can like pinch it off with your lips. Really. And it's like, a real fine grain, yeah. Yeah, whereas moose is a little coarser. Um, and it's just the same as any game. Meat. It's literally like ktsk, ktsk, it's done. Pull yeah. it off. It's finished. You know, you if it's not any bleeding, game you ruin meat, it. Yeah. You've, exactly. Don't like, overdo it. Ship. Yeah. You can turn any perfect cut of meat off of any wild animal into fucking rubber overcooking it. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Well, one time, Faith made me. Uh, she made us, uh, or made me, <laughs> she made us, um, this is after my dad killed his muskox. <laughs> she didn't have dinner that night. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like, uh, This is just for you. She, it's the last like, meal. Wanted to try, like, a chunk of sheep backstrap and muskox backstrap. I and bet that like, muskox was Butter, se- you know, pan mm-hmm. seared and cooked them in the musk. In that case, like, they're different meats, but that muskox is good. Yeah. It's huh. like a, it's a much more like marbled beef like meat than than. I really like moose. goat. I like goat a lot. We had, I had goat for yeah. dinner last night, and it is. 
it's just different. It tastes awesome, though. Yeah. You know, it's just a different type of meat. Like, the consistency of it is a lot different than sheep, moose, mm-hmm. you know, anything else. Yeah, I've so. never had goat either. I guess I got to... I didn't put in for goat either. That sounds like I screwed up, maybe. Nah. I've never put in for goat. Dumb. Oh, you just harvest tag it type? Yeah. Or registration. Right, yeah, Kodiak. that's a registration. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's... Kodiak's not necessarily the best, like, trophy area for goat. Like, there's some really, like, if you want to kill a monster goat, like, there's some good draw areas. Spoon and Crock-Pot Club. Spoon and Crock-Pot Club here. (laughs) Frank's like, like, yeah, I killed, like, one and a half goats. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, yeah, the, like, Kodiak, like, on the south end, you know, you make some reservations, you know, a charter to get you down there and hunt and it's, they just dump you off and you hike up and do your thing type of thing? Yeah, Kinda, and then you yeah. come back to the boat and have dinner and sleep in a warm bed. Yeah, if you do it like he nice. did, yeah. I did it and don't screw around. I'm in it. I'm in. I think that the, the the sheep hunt a year is like suffering. Yeah. Perfectly <laughs> fine. Everything fine. else, I'll just pimp my camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, yeah. Uh, we're freaking, we're talking about that. I mean, up here, we're just so spoiled with opportunity. Well, it's like. I was thinking, it's like, we've had so much fucking fun. Yeah. Like, just this year, like, just everyone's like, vision, no, 2020. Right. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good year. Pretty good yeah, year. Yeah, I saw that picture you posted. <laughs> I sent it to my brother-in-law of all the animals you killed. I said, I, I shot more animals in 2020 than I've ever shot in a year. Like, it was my best hunting year. 2020 has been my best hunting year of any hunting year since I was 10 years old. It's funny when you yeah. say you're spoiled up here. I, I didn't realize it, obviously, because I'm never hunted but you start seeing all this shit you can hunt harvest tags just oh yeah and i talked to my brother-in-law and my dad and you can't hunt elk down there unless you draw it and you i mean you could go hunt odd ad or you can go hunt tomorrow shoot a caribou yeah you can yeah. hunt every single day all yeah, year see, long that is really cool you may have to work for it yeah. and you may have to like logistically figure shit out but mm-hmm. the opportunity is there. in theory you could do it yeah uh, you know, yep. it's it's been it's freaking. That'd be a quest to go on, animal a day for a year. Animal a day for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Get right like, after it. <clears throat> All of a sudden, there wouldn't be as many chickadees around Frank's house. <laughs> oh, that's too <shoot>, gross. <laughs> no, I was. They don't still, make for much of a meal. I chickadees. Fill, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually filling up my bird feeder the other day. Think or today, thinking, thinking all oh, them. The chickadees up at your summer home are probably all dying of starvation because you had so many of them. I just watched some really cool video the other night about how they go into like a um, hypothermic state. I don't know. There's a name for it. They go into this shiver mode when it gets super, super cold. Yeah. And it like slows their heart rate down and that's how they can live through these nights. And when it's like 30 below zero, because that's why they're just like eat, 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 eat all day long. They're just like continually yeah. eating. It's just like, get them through tonight, you know? Wow. And then it drops down to like 30 or 40 or whatever, 50, below, 50 yeah. below zero. And they can put their body into this. Like it's some, it was called some kind of like hypothermic state where they go into this like high speed shiver mode and, but it slows their heart rate yeah. way down and boom. They're back at the feeder in the next back day. At the feeder in the morning. <laughs> That's amazing about at my house is like I had them to the point where 
um, it would be dark in the morning. Like if I got up at like six thirty or whatever and yeah. flip my lights on, the lights like go out the kitchen yeah. windows onto the feeders. And as soon as that light was on for like 10 minutes or whatever, birds at the feeder. They, they they, know just the light from the house was enough for them to be like, okay, it's time to time get to over eat. and start yeah. hammering on that feeder. Weren't you saying you were going through like a 50-pound bag of seed like a week or some ridiculous well, like that? Well, the last two winters I went through 500 pounds of <laughs> Sunflower seeds. <laughs> both, both winters. Feeding grouse and stuff? No, feeding chickadees. Well, chickadees and pine grosbeaks and boreal chickadees and some winters red poles and Frank's whatever. The, Frank's the dude that were, if we're, hey, what's this, what's this jacked up looking bird that's in my backyard? What is that? He's got them all. I, no, normally, no. it's pretty easy to figure it out if you don't know what it is. There's these people called the Audubon that made books a long time ago. <laughs> it's pretty simple with a picture to figure out what you got going. But, yeah, that was something that was, yeah, just was brought up with my, you know, my parents were into it. So there was always bird books and binoculars and it's cool to try and figure out what kind of birds. And we live in a really unique place here that there's birds that are, from all over the world that come here in yeah. the summer that you see birds that, you know, are from Southeast Asia, from South America, you know, that'll come to the, go, go up on the tundra and, and have their eggs and stuff. So it's really cool. You have a lot of really unique birds around here. <clears throat> There's a, uh, I'm part of some bird group or people around town here, it's like send an email. And if you're on the list, you get the email and it's like, oh, we got these birds here or whatever. Um, this fall, it was, there was some typhoon and the winds were blowing like perfect up the Aleutians and right, just like funneling right up into the interior and somebody, a good spot for fall migration is down on the Denali highway and somebody came back and on Sunday night I get an email and I open it up, stellar sea eagle, something that you like, you'd never fucking see here, especially that far inland. Yeah, where it's like gotten these winds and just got pushed inland, and that camera had amazing pictures. Fucking cool looking bird. Yeah, you were showing me that. I think it was maybe when we were moose hunting. You were showing me that. Yeah, just freaking gnarly, nasty looking eagle. Yeah, he's from so. Japan or something like that, yeah, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it's a long so. way from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a crane at Kramer's Field this year that was one that's like, there's two populations of them somewhere in, one in China, one in Japan. Hmm. There's like a very limited amount of them and like five years ago or something, somebody saw one in Kentucky or somewhere. It's like super weird. Weird. They saw another one at Kramer's Field and it's like real subtle differences, but it doesn't, it's not the People same that as are like smart Sand Hill. Can tell. People that are just yeah. like on this shit all the time and are like so looking out for I'd these oddities. I'd go out like there and be like, yeah, it's just another bird. Yeah, yeah. That, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, there's a whole lot of diving into those yeah. specific yeah. little niche things, but yeah, freaking cool. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'm ready to go shoot something else. Will you tell me when and where? Tomorrow. When and where? Tomorrow. Go yep. shoot your caribou. Go shoot your caribou. <laughs> Get one. Start. Because you had them. to. You had to use your basically one of your like yeah. tags for yeah. your son's hunt. But then they bumped it up to two, right? Yep. Two. So does that still... mean technically he could go get another one with his license? 
That I'm not sure about. I mean, he's still... Yeah, he would have to get a normal hunting license and get that registration permit, get the regular registration permit. he's got his hunting license, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So So he'd just have to register the same thing. He would have to just... He would just have to register for that hunt, you know, because it's separate separate from the youth hunt, but if it's a bag limit of two still, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. he could do it. You know, he could fill another tag. Yeah, I don't know how much more meat we would actually need, but it'd be... If Nick was here, he'd ask you, how many freezers do you have? <laughs> Nick judges a man on how many I've freezers got, he I've has. Two. <laughs> you I've need more. Yeah. <laughs> was he Was he the one that was the other day, oh, Costco's got chest freezers back in stock. If you need them, go get them. Yeah. Yeah. I got one an upright. I'm upgrading to upright. I'm sick of digging fucking. Yeah, that's probably. Digging to the they bottom. They say of that's the, the way to go. Sucks. I have one of each. Yeah. I'm going upright. I'm done with. I'm going to empty out. There's going to be a minimal amount in one chest freezer. The other chest freezer is going to be for putting capes and skulls in. The, the bait when it, freezer. When it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to have an upright where it's like shit's organized and I know what I, you know. I like to get rid of last year before this year, and it's hard yeah. sometimes. To, yeah. When you don't feel like digging through shit to the bottom of the freezer for something, it's like, You yeah, forget okay, about I'll stuff. Si- yeah, exactly. Stuff ends up, like, settling down to the very bottom. Yeah. No, that's very oh, true. Yeah. The problem with the upright for my house is if there's popsicles in it, then the kids get them, <laughs> and then those damn doors are all of a sudden open. Oh, yeah. You know, if they don't shut it all the way, and you got... Well, that's a old carpenter, don't you? Can you mount, tune them? Kind of are they the feet adjustable on them so you can kind of tune so them to where it'll close itself? itself. Back, yeah, yeah I, tilt it back a little maybe, bit. That would know. that would work. Or you can put the popsicles in a box with like a toxic waste sign on it or something <laughs> yeah. like that, so that nobody's messing about yeah. in your freezer. <laughs> My daughter wouldn't care. <laughs> Screw it, I'm in. <laughs> she ain't found food she doesn't like yet. Oh man. Uh. <clears throat> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but well, I was, yeah, the bait freezer made me think because I f- found some whitefish in town mm-hmm. for some lake trout where it's permissible, mm. if possible, and uh, pike bait for the spring. Right on, will be yeah, good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then but yeah, what I was talking earlier, like how good we got it, man. I would, I was. We were talking about weird yesterday. Ice well, fishing we just yesterday. Absolutely. Just gank, fish ganking fish lips. left and right. And uh, I was like, because when, when I was a little kid, man, I was obsessed with fishing. Really? Yeah. I was a, I was a little 10-year-old kid that had his own tackle box and, <laughs> you know, show up to every, like, you know, group fishing trip, whatever. And gotcha. I, but, but I was like, a, I was, and I still kind of am, but I was a chronic lure changer. Man, I'd give that maps couple couple casts, and if that didn't work, no, I'm God. frantically trying to tie on I'm totally else. the opposite. I'm like, this fucking thing will work. I know it will. Frank's <laughs> like, I haven't, I haven't left, I haven't removed this. I'm using yeah. the same jig I used summer. since I was ten years yeah. old. Yeah, right. It's the same reel, same line. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not true. But show up. <laughs> You know, yesterday. Oh, I Frank, this is what I've been catching them on. on. I don't give a shit. I'm you, just going to Yeah. I got my this set. Will, they're going to hit this. <laughs> this yeah. will work. No problem. I've never ice fished still, so. It's and fun, man. They like used it. to do it. They do it a lot in northern New Mexico um, by my parents' cabin, and I was like, I ain't sitting on ice. That just sounds cold, but. Oh, we got it dialed. Yeah. You got to watch out. It gets so warm in there. It slicks up the ice. You fall on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
the other ice house is insulated with two inch insulation. It's got two beds in it. Jeez. Holes in the floor. You can just sleep in there. Watch TV. Watch TV. Yeah, we had a Super Bowl party at the Ice Shanty last year. So we put a TV and an antenna on the side of the thing. So I called my buddy Rob one day last winter, like earlier, like late winter, early spring. When there's still like four Rob's feet of ice. Rob's been on the podcast. You know? yeah. yeah. I call Rob. I was like, what's up, man? What are you doing? He's like, I'm down at the Ice Shanty. I was like, oh, are you catching fish? He's like, I'm just fucking watching TV. I decided to come down here, stay down here tonight. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I didn't even bring the ice auger. He's like, I just brought a battery. Been watching TV for about an hour. I'm drinking scotch. I was like, what the fuck, man? Wanted like, a change like of scenery. My yeah. home away from home. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, no, this little pop-up tent. Isn't quite like that, but it's it's nice. I mean, you even down so you just like throw 20, a little buddy heater in there. Oh, well, it's mm-hmm. the the big buddy, but um, it's freaking twenty below, man. You could be in there fishing, no problem, no problem. Oh. Yeah. But when you're when you're catching so many fish that your hands are freezing because you're constantly you getting your hands wet. wet? Yeah. Yesterday, I was like, man, I'm glad we got this thing because if we were standing outside, I'd be fucking freezing. When right you have now. to reel up your rod to take a to drink a beer or warm up your hands because officially you leave it in there. Yeah. yeah, we caught. I bet we caught over a hundred fish between the two of us. Oh, we way caught over well 100 over a hundred yeah. fish yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was impressively fun. We got right after it. Did you take the kids or just you? No, this this was a, a scouting trip. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If he took the kids, they'd still be there right they'd now. They'd still be there. <laughs> no, Dad. Chad would be like, I'm not going anywhere. You go wherever you want. I'll be right here fishing. <laughs> Dude's got it. I'm going to cook one up on the buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner is served. <laughs> we don't even know. It was funny because when we... Yeah, he was at was something like that came up like the first time I took him out and popped up the tent and we're in there. It's like, oh, we could could we just cook them on the stove? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we well, could if theory, you wanted to smell fish every yeah. time we got warm from here yeah. on out. <laughs> yeah, so that's what this grate's for, <laughs> right? Yeah, you roll it down. Yeah, <laughs> just get it real hot and roll her down and throw the fish on there. Dude's ready to go. <clears throat> Oh man, yeah, good times. We got a lot of winter left too. So, I've nor we I normally don't even ice fish at all until after like Jan, you know. Oh really? January, yeah, yeah. I just normally am busy enough up until up until the beginning of the year that I don't have time to do it. So it's been good yeah. to get out already a couple no. of times this year. And yeah, I've do been some out fishing. I mean, ramp my numbers up real quick. Get these get these stock <laughs> and get these stalker. This local lake here, you've been taking the kids out there a bunch, and fishing's been good, so, and you know, plenty steady enough to keep them happy, and so, yeah. What, tell, you, you were saying, we need to bring a scale next time so we could just keep a running tally of the how weight, much, how much, of the, yeah, the weight of fish we catch. Yeah, no, it'd be super cool. I just was like, I got to a certain point where I was texting Carrie, and I was like, I'm up to 10. And then I was like, it must be 20 now. I counted to 10. And then I was like, you lose track, yeah. you know? And then I started high grading because, you know, yeah. I had Tyler punched me some holes, so I had a big hole going like this where I could see the fish <laughs> real good. And I'd be like, just pull it away from the smaller ones and, like, wait for yeah, a big no, one. You're, you you're sitting there, you're like, so nope, nope, don't want to. Straight up high grading the fish. So 
I was like, well, if I just caught every single fish that grabbed my jig or was trying to grab it, God, the numbers would be disgusting. Too, like, yeah. obscene Can't amount of fish, you know? Yeah, exactly. But there's just, like, there was enough fish that you could high grade. And it's funny how it, it's, like, as the sun comes up, they seem to really, like, frenzy. So you like can actually see nuts. the fish. Yeah. Oh, that's you, cool. No, it is. It's like fishing yeah. in a friggin' aquarium. <laughs> <clears throat> but... It seems like as the sun comes up, they're really, like, aggressively feed for, it, it was at least, like, two, two and a half hours Jeez. of just nonstop going. The only time that I'd stop was to go over to the heater to warm my hands up from being, <laughs> Pulling them you know, off. from being wet, yeah. And, and then it was like somebody flipped a switch, and it was just like, boom, done. And there'd be, like... Random fish, you'd see them swim by, but they weren't even really even interested care. in your jig. And you could, you know, kind of like tease one into biting if you wanted to, but it was like, it seemed like there was no more big fish swimming by, and it was all just cruisers. One every once in a while would cruise by, and we, it kind of slowed down. And then as it was like getting towards dark again, it kind of got picked, picked up. back up again, and we like caught a bunch of fish. And then it was kind of, we were just like, yeah, if you had enough, yeah, if you had enough, yeah, let's get out of here. But. Yeah, neat. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Good sounds time. Sounds like it. Catching a hundred fish a day. What is the a little chilly outside? On? Yeah, right. That's what. Good thing I got my like... Tundra Talk hoodie. I got back in Da Nang. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, shit! Oh, uh, have you seen that movie Tropic Thunder? That's what I was re- referencing. <laughs> we <laughs> joke about that one we're hunting all the time. I think I've seen it. Yeah, Finally, so this, all the ones you tell me about. Good thing I, I, I got this booty sweat. <laughs> what was the movie? This dude had not seen Blazing Saddles. Oh, really? Yeah, I still haven't. I, oh, oh, man. I'm you failing. To, you got to get on that. That's, need, a, that's a good one for sure. As soon as Biden and Biden's in office, it's going to disappear from the internet. <laughs> he ain't going to get in there. We'll not go down that road, but right. um, I'm trying to keep this about hunting. <laughs> yeah. I'm just starting to get a headache already. I'm gonna start getting my eyes will start getting red, and I'll start bitching and throwing stuff around. <clears throat> oh man, <clears throat> yeah, that's a pretty good one. It's been kind of windy the past couple couple days, few days. Yeah, kind of odd. Our for house too. Um, my kids go out to get the fire, and they said he came or the wood, and he came in today. He said. Logan wears shorts about every day he can now because he doesn't have to go anywhere. Yeah, that is so funny. Brian's is the same thing. He's like, my kid's at home. He doesn't have to. He didn't like to go to school to start with, and the main reason was because we, he had to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, a kid wears shorts all year. He'd be like going outside to sled and play in the snow. Snow pants go on. Shorts, snow pants. Yep. It's like just my. It's yeah. like the second person my, in two weeks wow. that have said the same thing. Oh, my kid just wears shorts all the time. Yep. <laughs> It's <clears throat> he never wears pants if he doesn't have to, and there's no reason to now. I'm like the opposite. Yeah, I haven't worn shorts. If I'm not, yeah, you could tell by the color of my legs. They haven't seen, the, they haven't seen the sunlight. Since. You're ready, boys. Put your sunglasses on. <laughs> King Tut's got more sunlight than my legs have. Oh man, but yeah, little solstice rolling up. It'll start. We'll start gaining ground pretty quick. Yeah, Monday, here. huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's slowly but surely. <laughs> Seems like it's quick in the winter. 
In the fall, I should say. That it yeah, goes from, it does seem like it goes quicker. It, it's like... goes quicker than it comes. All of a sudden, we're gaining again. But then on the gaining side, it always is like, I thought we were gaining. What's going on here? Holy yeah. shit. That's how it's been for me coming from New Mexico. The, the dark is the hardest. The cold doesn't even much bug me. You could put a hoodie on and yeah. a beanie, but the dark has bugged me every year. And this year hasn't as bad. This year's been... Man. I have not had any trouble the entire time I lived here. It seems like until this year, for some reason. This well, but you're from the northeast like, too, right? So it's yeah, not as much. But I mean, it's different, though. Yeah, for sure. And for some reason, this well, your this whole, your fall, work routine's like, been a little differently, uh, yeah. different than previous years and stuff, huh? Yeah. So it seems yeah, like it's exactly gone super know. fast for me. I'm just. It like, seems like it has to me too, but I just feel like fucking a little sluggish, you know, where I'm just like, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, and I'm like, oh, it's seven o'clock. Well, I'll go to bed right now. I don't care. You know, yeah, it is easy to lay in well, bed when it's yeah dark and the. You're warm with our kids. My, I mean, um, bedtime's been eight o'clock for me for a while, which really means like nine or yeah, nine thirty by the time you get them kids asleep. But yeah, yeah, no, do you, guys, do you take vitamin D? Yeah, I'm not as much as I should, but I try to, I try do to you? take it regularly. I, my wife tries to get me to, and I forget. I'm just yeah. not, I'm and not I think good. To, for that shit to work, you, you need to be like constantly every on day. It. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I've never been. Never been good. She's always like, she could see getting moody. It's like, here, get back. Get on this. I tried a lot. Like, the last two winters, not this one, but the last previous two. Mm -hmm. And I didn't seem to do any, you know, it didn't seem to really change anything. But then again, I was just doing it because everybody was like, oh, you don't take vitamin D? And I was like, fuck, don't cast me out. You know, (laughs) like, okay, I'll start, I guess. (laughs) You know, and now I'm not taking it, and I'm like, fuck, maybe I should be taking it because it's, I don't know, for some reason this fall I've just been like, not necessarily this fall, like more like the last month, I've yeah. just been feel like sluggish, you know? Yeah. I don't feel like doing shit. No, I tried it, like, I mean, I set my, well, and sometimes sluggish for me is like I'm hitting the snooze button, but I try to, I try to get up at like 5.30 or 6 every morning just to like get up and moving and stay up and... Does that give you some quiet time just by yourself? Or? Some, I mean, yeah, if I can get up early, if I can get up at 5.30, then I usually got like an hour, hour and a half of like before the kids get yeah. up where I can just try to catch up on stuff or just freaking like watch TV or sit there or something. It's good for my mental health. I should. I'm at the stage with kids now where my oldest just turned 11 Monday mm-hmm. and my I have twins that are six and they'll – They'll stay downstairs and not bug me. Sometimes and they're probably not going to kill each other. <laughs> sometimes not till ten. Oh man! Like we could, me and my wife almost have normal life where we've gone out on a couple dates where my oldest will watch them if we go to dinner yeah. or something. But yeah, my oldest will turn on the PlayStation. They'll play games with the nephews in New Mexico and where they're all talking on iPads or something. And sometimes I don't see them till ten. So. Hmm. It's actually. So they're hungry. Yeah. So they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my daughter. <laughs> Time to eat. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah, no, winters are, it. they freaking affect people differently, but it seems like the light's like a common yeah, common yeah. thing that kind of gets gets to people. Yeah. But I don't know. I think for, for me, the biggest thing is just staying busy doing stuff. Like if you have something that definitely continually the, to be working no, on I, whatever whatever 
projects or uh, if you want to do like trapping or ice so like i mean well I, that's what when well, my house wasn't just a summer home when it was a year-round yeah, yeah. home i'd be trapping this time of year and yep. i'd be like up in the morning breakfast coffee and like going and checking my trap line yeah. you know or like creating more trail or you know doing something like on my sled Every single I th- I day. I think you guys are right, 100% right, because I don't have a ton to do, especially in the winter. Well, that's and this, just it. I'm not doing that this year. This fall, I was hunting, and so I was getting up, driving around, even when we were losing daylight, but I was still moving around. Now it's like, I don't mm-hmm. Kids are all at home because the schools are stupid, and you're just, you're never leaving the house sometimes, and that yeah. that's when the dark's like. And even just I having, never have a trouble when, they, when it's fucking fish, like yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. I'm I couldn't to go. sleep. I woke mm-hmm, up like right? five times like before. For hunting, you know, it's the same way. We get up, if, when we're moose hunting, we get up at five o'clock in the morning, and it's like, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go do this thing, you know? And it's like, not an issue at all. I'm like, wake up before the alarm ever goes off almost every time, and fully ready to embrace the day but man if i'm not going fishing or hunting it's a little bit different story (laughs) yeah no you say you say that yeah i woke up like three times and i'm like i had some dreams a couple nights ago that i shot like three sheep like i woke up (laughs) fell back asleep had another dream about sheep hunting like fucking vivid dreams oh, like can't like feel them like grabbing onto those horns when you walk up to your sheep like feel that in the dream and i was like i woke up and i was like wow it's a long time till sheep season I need to knock <laughs> that shit off. oh my god oh see most of my sheep most of my sheep hunting dreams i tend to have dreams where i like forget something super important or oh mine were like, like straight up like hunting shooting sheep yeah Wish I could have those. Yeah, need to figure that. I need to figure that Start out. Start talking. To me. You'll probably dream one now tonight. I don't know. No, but like after we went lake trout fishing a couple weeks ago, you're just sitting there all day with your rod, just jigging, jigging. And I did get like I did. I only got one bite, and I caught that fish. You wake up in the morning, and you're like. I'm not fishing. No, <laughs> that's not no. my rod. But you know <laughs> what the hell? You know you. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh. Dang. Yeah. Well, that's that's a little bit different motion, but um. Well, we but you're uh, yeah, like lay down, going to sleep where you're like mostly you're like half awake, half asleep, and you start kind of dream like visualizing dream whatever you want to call it. And, uh, of course, when you've just been staring at a freaking hole in the ice all day jigging, you know, that's just sitting there and, like, holding hands with my wife. And she has a habit. She likes to, like, poke me or, like, prod me, like, some sudden sudden movement. And then or that's what it comes across to me is, like, I'm falling asleep and then jerk awake, you know. I'm sitting there, and she's, like, she's, like, holding my hand or whatever, and she, like, squeezed my hand real hard. And I'm sitting there in my, like, subconscious. I got a bike. <laughs> Wham! I tried to sit the hook. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Oh, that was God. a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there watching the hole, and that pole just starts going, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need help sometimes. Good stuff. But no, like having something that's, like, purposeful... You know, that's why trapping seemed to be so great because you always like had 
Oh, it's like your next trap check to look forward oh, to. Oh, that's just it. Is every corner you cruise around on the slide, you're just like, holy shit, there could be something yep. in this trap. Oh, nothing. Or, or something. And then, yep. you, you know, and then it's just like, as soon as that's reset or you're past that, it's the next yep. the next one and the next one and so the next do one. Do you trap now? I, not right, you know, not this winter, no. No, uh, I'm not trapping this winter either, but no. the, the ice fishing stuff, you know, even something like that, it's like, all right, well, you know. Um, next week I'm gonna try to go here and fish, or yeah. just take the kids out, and you like yeah. you got something to look forward to. And yeah, that and is truly like we had. You know, I rented a cabin to go to this Saturday and Sunday night because <clears throat> Carrie's gonna be done school, gonna have yep. Christmas break for a little while, and we were getting super excited about it. But I don't. I'm not gonna go fucking hang out at a cabin when it's 30 below zero, and it's supposed to be. You know, it's like Wednesday. I'll make the choice, like yeah. whether we start getting stuff together and figuring it out, or. And typically for me, 20 below is the cutoff. When it's like, if I'm gonna have to take my sled out and deal stuff's with like, usually not start, fun below that. It's yeah. not, you know, and even 20 below is kind of brutal, depending on how far you're going, where yeah. you're going, are you gonna be in the wind at all mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't mind if it's 20 below. We can go. We can make it make it enjoyable. But fuck, man! When it's thirty below, it's fuck, hammers on your gear. Yeah. Shit's tough. It's hard to get stuff, you know, working. Yeah. So I was looking. That was something to look forward to. That's now I'm like, of course, it's been super nice. Right up yeah. to whenever I want to fucking do something. Is it supposed to be brutal next weekend? Yeah. Yeah. At least where I was going, I just do the zone. Or you like click on the map, and it tells you like the nearest forecast to that spot, which is pretty accurate and you can get pretty close most of the time and yeah it's calling for you know 20 below during the day and 32 i think or 33 below at night both saturday and sunday night it's just like i don't know yeah well and then we're gonna be getting into like january's like, typically freaking cold snap shit. time what do i do bring a gen you know like bring yeah. a generator to fucking warm my truck up when i get back to it and then i gotta use the exhaust on my snow machine to heat the generator to up, get it started to get yeah. it started and then i'm like well jesus is it even worth it at that point where you're like can i get my snow machine going even to get the generator warm to get the truck <laughs> yeah. warm to get my shit loaded yeah. to go home at the end of the trip you know it's like at a certain point you got to say to yourself this is not worth it yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I know, and I mean, you get super cold, and a lot of those, like those wreck cabins they have all around the state, I mean, a lot of... They're not exactly, the wood stoves aren't exactly... No, I mean, some of them can take a whole day, if it's cold enough, take a whole day to like get comfortable, because you got to warm up not only just the air, but all the wood Mm -hmm. and everything before it starts getting toasty, you know, like a little, like a friggin' ice shanty, there's nothing to it to warm up right. or an arctic oven you know well I mean, that's they, just it is it almost be worth just taking an arctic oven and setting it up and because you can have that thing at 90 in like less than five minutes yeah you know yeah. and then tune it down heat the mass up and tune it down to where it's comfortable in there and mm-hmm. enjoy but yeah still who knows there'll be plenty of time yeah no, plenty of time to do that stuff. Sounds so. like there's a lot more gear I got to buy from what I'm gathering from you guys talking. So. It depends on what you want to do, <laughs> but, you know, and sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of gear out it's there for a lot of applications. Seven, 17 years to accumulate a lot, enough shit to fill a garage, like a big fucking garage, you know, but it's just like, you just pick away at it and yeah. you use your friend's stuff, you know, that when you can and 
Till you're like, okay, I need that now, you know, so. When you don't have to, like, dive in all headfirst at once. I mean, so much yeah. of the stuff just takes time, and it's, you can have a freaking super good time. Without Chipping away at yeah. stuff, you know, like, um. There's a lot of lakes you can rent an ice shanty right around town here, a little ice shack for the day, and get a fire going in a wood stove, and. You know, drill some holes. I mean, some of those, they'll even drill holes for you, I think, that they go out there in the morning and blast some holes for you if you you rent the thing for the day. Um, There's some lakes that have, like, um, cabins on the lake where you can, like, go and rent a cabin and then go out and fish and stay in the cabin at night. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of options where you don't have to just go out and buy an Eskimo or build an ice shack or, you know, do, do all that stuff and buy everything. <clears throat> yeah, I did find that once I, you know, once I bought an auger, and yeah, especially this, going more. yeah, then you start going more, and then, you know, like this year with the kids, you know, knowing I wasn't going to trap, I'm like, well, I might as well buy one of these shanties, and... and what, you saving fuel on the trap line, and... Yeah, it goes right can... into ice fishing gear. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, then you start getting a Helix 7 fish finder. Right. <laughs> And getting a little carried away, but no, like you, and there, there, I mean, there's even stuff like I ordered because I want to see how well it works and it would be ideal for like stalker, these stalker lakes for the kids is the, one of those, the one I ordered, I think I was telling you is a Nordic, Nordic brand, um, like auger that you hook up to your 20 volt drill. Yeah. Drill. Auger. Yeah. Plastic, but it's got metal blades. Yeah. Yeah. 20 volt. Yeah. So... They blast the shit out of holes. Eddie ha- Eddie bought one yeah. a couple years ago or whatever, and he told me about it. I'd never even heard of the things. You got to clear them. Oh you yeah, so yeah, you can't just once hang the them ice in the gets, hole. Yeah. And I don't probably now. I mean, what was the ice yesterday? Eight inches. Yeah, not was not much. Very where we were, thick. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could probably just blast that thing right through there, but. You start getting two, three feet. Later yeah. in the year, when you start going, I think that that's the main problem people have with those, is they're just like, and never like pull it out and clear yeah. the ice, because it won't clear the ice yeah, on you, its own. You have to like literally keep it, you know, depress the yeah. thing, keep it spinning, and pull it up and clear it, and then go back to drilling again. He said he seized his right away, right into the ice, because he wasn't clearing it, but he was able to get it out and realize that. You know, oh, gotcha. Right away, like, oh, yeah, you got to clear this thing a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, options like that, like, <clears throat> rather, you know, if you got a 20-volt drill, could be could be a workable option. Well, you for... wound those friggin' screws in with that drill, but I'd never seen that oh, yeah. until you bought that thing for winding those screws into the ice. Yeah, these like, well, you screw quick. that Eskimo down yeah, to the, the ice. It's... That thing will blow. Like, notoriously, lakes are windy, no yeah. matter what, you know? Like, even when it's, it's totally calm around town, you go to the lakes, and there's always, like some breeze going but it's got a skirt with some grommets in it and you can tie like you can tie some guy lines out but it you know comes with a bunch of bunch of these ice anchor screws that are you know have a big wide handle that you can crank down by hand but after doing that like once by hand (laughs) i'm like there's got to be a better way and they make a little adapter for a drill that you just slide over those screws he had, and he had five in yesterday before i could get the sixth one in jeez yeah yeah i mean just quick and then take them right back out too yeah you know so if you're 
Yeah, minimize the screw around time because usually you drag it out there and you're trying to get you get that popped up and heaven forbid if it's freaking windy and you're trying to hang on yeah, to the and thing cold. and just yeah. those screws are kind of you know more difficult to get started by hand and then you got to freaking wear out your forearm you know cranking them all the way around but no yeah there's efficient ways to do some so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that that little auger. That's how we started with. Works, we yeah. started with one. It wasn't. You don't have to buy a, a five hundred dollar auger to fish. The, this is an Eskimo. The one that Rob and I started with was an otter, and it was an otter toboggan that had a bench in it. Okay, yeah. And the, the bench folds up, up yeah, and then the yeah, whole yeah. thing. See, so just like drill two holes like this, pull the sled up, and then the whole thing is like a freaking awning that goes folds over to the ground, goes down, shovel a little bit of snow around it. There's a door that unzips on it. You sit down on the bench and start jigging. It's pretty friggin' in cool. Your sled, and the whole still thing hooked up to the folds into machine. the sled. You can put the auger. You're still hooked to the sled. Your your sled, the toboggan is. You can put your auger, all your fishing gear, everything, right there. everything your heater, everything right in the thing. Pull it all out and sit in there. Pretty friggin' cool. Neat little neat little setup. Yeah, but just having like. Some sort of shelter with a little heater makes, makes it enjoyable. all the difference yeah. in the world. Yeah, and especially you're going to be taking kids, but you are too. You know, when you if, you know if and when you get into this, to have kids comfortable yeah. and catching fish is huge. No kid doesn't want to catch fish and be cold. It's just yeah, no, you know, absolutely. I don't have kids, but I know that for. And a if fact. you're catching <laughs> and if you're catching a lot of fish, you're going to be way happier. Like real, you know, unhooking fish and rebaiting hooks in being when warm. it's warm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine if it's wet and windy, it's not going to be fun. Unless you're like Temple and don't even give your kids bait. (laughs) (laughs) Just a blank hook, huh? Yeah. Little jig. Sorry, Temple. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Got to catch one first so we can use it for bait. Yeah. The guts for bait. (laughs) I used to do that when I was a kid, too. Oh, we got one. We got some good bait now. Oh, boy. Oh man, yeah. yep. There's a whole world out there, man. For you're you're in the right place for it. Well, um, sounds like you're really twitching to hunt. I am. Yeah. You can definitely get at least take the untwitch pill for a little bit by going and shooting yourself another <laughs> caribou. I was actually joking with my wife, like, there's got to be something I could go hunt in Kodiak. I, there's got to be in January, like, but. I think blacktail ends in December, yep, right? Does, so, yeah, it does. I think so. that there's, like, subsistence stuff, like, if you live there after that. But, yeah, you, yeah, it's over for, for goat anybody hunting, else. Goat hunting is... Yep, goats, when is it? Well, that's... till the end of, Mar- end of March. late March. Yeah. yeah. So, you're so gonna I can go, go down there in March? Yeah. Well, you can Early go down April. there for any, go right any, now. anytime, yeah. yeah. Until the end of March. Oh, goat, you could go all the way... So, you could hunt goat in January? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, shit. There's something that's coming. January, got... February, March. The last time I the, like, I killed that goat down there in March. Yeah. That was when we were there last year. It was in March. You need to call up Makoto, get a, get three or four guys together and call up Makoto and be like, fire that boat up, bud. <laughs> <laughs> we're headed. Oh, we'll be yeah. down. Don't tempt I me with to... a good time. I might call him up tomorrow. I need to do that again. Yeah. Let's go. Let's no, go I, I, I need to do that again. I haven't done that the first time. So. All right. Next time I do that, I, I go go hunting down there. I need to do that. It's like, like you said, it's like that 
spring goat hunting. It's like gentleman's goat hunting is what oh, really you guys is. did. For sure, gentleman's hunting. And it's not like we didn't work, but it's to be able to come back to a boat and dry your clothes out, be warm, have a nice meal, mm-hmm. you know, camaraderie, talk to everybody about how, you know, how the day's hunting went and yeah. everything. So and tell me this, though, what I've – obviously, I'm a rookie. Somebody told me, I think it was my dad, said – Goat hunting starts where sheep bedding stops. So well, it just depends on the weather. Because depends on in the rain. When I where when I went and... when I went down there last year, it was I'd never gone on a goat hunt before, and I went down and I I'm still to this day I assume I was just fully spoiled. It had snowed a lot last winter, and what happens in Kodiak often is they get the, like it'll snow and then it'll thaw and it's icy and then it's not and the goats will lay down and they freeze in their hair all gets broken the follicles get broken because they freeze into the ground where they lay down so their hides aren't all that good so it's really not like tyler's talking about it's not necessarily a trophy hunt it's more yeah. of like a meat hunt to go down there and hunt hunt that winter hunt well i mean that's cool but, right there no exactly yeah but we went down there and last winter was brutally cold and a lot of snow so the goat hides their hair were like perfect super long perfect hair they were like picture perfect yeah. beautiful winter goats everything that we saw and everything that we we harvested as well um so that was different also what the snow does there is it pushes the goats down lower there's no food when there's like yeah all the alders blown in and everything's blown in there's no food for so them they gotta there. come down so they'll come down they'll go up there and and bed down when it freezes up, sets up at night, the snow doesn't, they can walk on it. They'll, like, go up there and hang out and do their thing. And then in the morning, they'll come down to feed when it's still set up hard. And they'll be down low during the day. So, the majority, like, Brian shot a goat. Nick shot a goat that was up pretty high. Like, mm-hmm. we had to go up, but not, like, goats start where sheep. Not like I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And goat hunts, but that, yeah. It's just totally different. Like... Somebody said to me once that, or I read whatever, that a man can go where sheep go, but goats will go places that you just can't, like, you can't get to. Yeah. And that's no bullshit. They, like, get up on rocks and stuff where you're just like, holy shit, look at where that thing is at, you know? That's just crazy. Um, And, I mean, that goat that, one of the goats that Brian shot was, like, right hanging on the edge of like a 200 plus foot cliff where they lowered me down with a rope yeah to get the goat <laughs> yeah that's yeah I, um, I guess i gotta research that because i, well, I gotta like, go down yeah and, and it's di- but it's different yeah. it depends on the weather yeah. is everything well, <clears throat> yeah and it's it i don't know in my limited experience goat hunting it's like finding goats typically isn't the problem it's finding goats that you can get that you can get to and recover once you shoot them you know it's just because you can shoot them but not be able to get to where they fall or oh yeah yeah Yeah. you know you're you're typically not like it's not like you're usually walking as far as sheep hunting it's just shorter and steeper typically yep now is there a a limit as far as the size of the goat you have to shoot like no no, not size wise. You just can't you can't shoot nannies One, with kids, right? And you have to now you shoot. It used to be any two goats, yeah, except not, for a nanny with kids, and now it's a you can shoot one Billy, one nanny. Yeah, you have to or shoot two. One. I think you can shoot two nannies as. Yeah, you can shoot two yeah. nannies or one Billy yeah. and one nanny because yeah. 
what was ha- I mean, the reason they they they've been trying to find ways. I don't think they've ever been able to meet the amount of mm-hmm. the quota of goats that they want to kill yeah. every year. Because what's happened, from what I've been explained to me, is that the goats have basically filled up every suitable habitat for them on co- on the whole island, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of, a lot of the islands like federal land u.s fish and wildlife runs it and they're concerned of the goats like over over grazing and over feeding killing on the terrain then. yeah so um and it's kind of a, like a almost like a lose-lose situation you know fishing games like they'll get blamed if the goats eat themselves out and have a big crash or they'll you know you know so they're trying to balance but what was happening was people were going out people were going shooting, shooting two, two billies. billies. Yeah. People wanted night, you know, yeah, wanted a big sure. billy. N- nice goats. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, like in most other areas, you really, because goats have a little slower reproductive rate and they're, you know, you traditionally just want to shoot billies. You know, it's a little more harmful to the population to shoot nannies. And so people like generally, like in any other goat hunt in the state, that's highly discouraged to shoot nannies. Okay. Usually you can because it can be very tough for people to mm-hmm. tell the difference. Um, it's Are, not super clear cut, but... It is fucking difficult, especially that time of year. Yeah, to when tell, their like, glands aren't swollen. Yeah, and, like... To tell the difference. Uh, yeah. And Are all, there wolves and stuff? Is that why you can't... Nope. What's the... Kodiak. No, why won't no. they... Why don't they want you shooting a nanny with, with the little one if, like... Do they? Well, part of that's part of that's not. It, it's they've thought of they. It's one of the options they considered is allowing shooting nannies with kids, you know, or at least after, at least at a certain time in the spring, because by that time they're basically weaned and they're probably going to make it. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of it's kind of arbitrary principle. Like you don't want to just orphan and, and all, kill two goats. They by, all seem to be in groups too. Yeah. Like. So it's not nannies a predator and thing. Kids, like, there'll be no. like a bunch of nannies with kids yeah. together. It's, you rarely, I at least in, in which my what well, you said your limited experience. My experience is even more limited than that. But all the goats that I saw, Billy's would be by themselves or a couple of them sometimes. Yeah. But it was almost always a bunch of nannies and kids together. <clears throat> so yeah, no. Some of it, I mean, it's just like, yeah, you don't want to. Because, like, I mean, that's why they don't want you shooting cows with calves here, right? And not here in town, but out is because of wolves, right? Well, yeah, not necessarily the... wolves. I think it's just, it's tougher for a cow, like a cow of any species with a first year, like, well, young yeah, the earth, to, yeah. to, to get them through, even though, you know, sometimes at, certain po- at a certain point, they're going to be able to make it just fine. I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with predation but um okay. so a net, lot yeah. and a certain part of that's just like the emotional like arbitrariness of uh yeah you know you shot the mom and the baby in the calf or kid or whatever standing there looking at you if if you if know. a pack of wolves has decided that it's going to pick off a anyways. calf that's this at this time of year at this point in time they're pretty much going to get it. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot that that cow is going to be able to do to protect her calf that's at this point in time, yeah. four or 500 pounds, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're big at this point in time, but a pack of wolves, cow's not going to stop them from I guess that's why calf. I was wondering why but you it's, couldn't shoot a. But it, no, I think, like, because it's always been, as far as I know, like, you know, goat hunting regulations. So it's always been, you can't shoot, you know, you 
couldn't necessarily always like legally say Billy only, Nanny only, because it, it can be really tough to know sometimes or for some hunters, tough to enforce. Yeah. Um, but nannies with kids, you know, will limit the shooting of those nannies, even if the kid's old enough to make it, you know, you don't want to shoot nannies in most populations when you can avoid it. At least that's my take on it. You the know? other thing too is they because they, they have courage shoot two nannies. Yeah, no, they've without, thought it. Without they've, kids, and oh, they yeah. were, they've talked about you know because last time I was down there, they were having a bunch of meetings trying to figure out how they could get more goats killed, and they thought about you know maybe after a certain point in, in the in the season, one of the options was allowing shooting nannies and, with kids, yeah. just. You know, because they need to get more rid of more goats and killing the nannies is going to have a little bit more of an impact on the population because they just, they've never been able to meet their goals for um, harvest the amount they need killed. Yeah. yeah. So did you kill two last year when you went? Yeah. Everybody. Well, Nick is the only one that didn't, but he had already harvested a goat prior to going there. So even with this registration hunt, if you've shot a goat somewhere else in the state already, you can only Let's shoot one. one. Yeah. So um, we went and we had seven tags between the four of us, and we came back with seven goats. That's cool. Yeah. No, it was – as far as hunting goes, it was definitely a gentleman's hunt, and definitely it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Sounds Just like, like cruise around in the boat and be like, okay, well, there's a bunch there. Well – back pocket them and we'll cruise over here and see yeah. and you'd be like okay the weather's good today let's go out and like look after that group that we saw out there when it's not super windy and it's not like 12 foot seas you know where we can actually like get ashore and yeah put a stock on and like try and get these goats so you can like eyeball everything in the area that you're hunting and then be like play all these different groups of animals with weather, yeah. So it really made being it a on lot the, of just being fun. having the mobility of the a boat. Boat, yeah, is a huge. Yeah. How many days were you there? Uh, seven days. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds like I got me a Christmas gift idea. Yeah, you might. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun, and it was really cool to hang out. Makoto's awesome, and his dad is super super fun to hang out with. You know, the guy that runs the boat, and he has he has dad. Doing all the cooking and helping oh, out on sweet. the boat and everything. So, yeah, it was really, it it's really is a, a fun hunt. And, of course, it's beautiful. Kodiak's beautiful. Yeah, I've never been know. there. I've it's heard. just I've absolutely heard, phenomenal country. I've heard a lot of good things about it. We, went, we fished, you know, of course. You're there. Get on a boat. You might as well be fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, that was cool, too. Seth caught a bunch of fish, and I've caught a bunch of fish. But Nick and, and Brian both were just like crushing fish nick brought back more weight and fish and <laughs> goat shit. meat yeah and goat meat i think oh man well you guys probably get into them got freaking wads of bass yeah exactly stuff like that yeah. yeah couldn't keep the link cod but we got everybody like i don't think brian had ever caught a link cod and i don't think nick had ever caught a link cod so it was like ticking off some first first of this species for a couple nice. of guys was cool you know they weren't huge and we you know you had to let them go that time of year you can't keep them but it's cool to still you know catch them and Oh yeah. <clears throat> no, that that ocean fishing can spoil a guy if you get into good fishing. Oh, for sure, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it sounds like you got your fair share too. Of yeah. Good, yeah, we good good fishing. Yeah, we we like I I really enjoy the ocean fishing, like you say. I've gotten into marlin and we did good in the halibut this year, so I'm all about that. 
Um, they caught both the marlin and the halibut right in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, pretty cool. It was a long boat day. Long but, boat day. <laughs> long boat day. <laughs> it, was, it was cool. Different uh, type of fishing, but it was still cool. Uh, that's funny. Oh, man. Well, shit, yeah. What do you know about Anwar, Jeremy? Just what... I, I listened to you talk about it the other day, and my neighbor was, was giving me grief about it last year about it. He was giving you. He was giving you no, grief she, about it. She was saying oh. how people were bitching about it being stupid. But I, like you said a little while ago, I'm uneducated about that, so I probably <laughs> shouldn't be talking. You can tell me all about it, though. Well, well I don't that's know. just it. I'm super uneducated yeah. well, about it as well. I mean, it's our backyard, basically. You know, and there's been a pipeline up there, not into Anwar, but Prudhoe, and there's. Multiple parks that you know you have Gates of the Arctic and you have Anwar, and they're gonna open it. Yeah, well, that's what it looks like as far as yes, um, Anwar. They, that is. Yeah, Anwar. <laughs> well, area ten o two, I think it is. Of Ant. Well, I think I know. Let's to drill to. Well, they're gonna open it for, for oil leasing. leasing. And I mean, even probably if everything goes forward and they end up drilling, it's probably gonna be more. Better part of ten years before they punch any holes in the ground, but uh, I mean it's obviously like it's been a freaking controversial thing since before I moved up here. Um, in like nineteen, I think it was eighty, because it was Anilka. It was the same thing that basically made Gates of the Arctic National Park and Wrangell Na- Wrangell National Park, mm-hmm. and you know which still has a bunch of people up here, pretty bent out of shape that got locked out of the spots they used to hunt. Um, Anyway, they set that like that area aside because they made a, bu- a bunch of Anwar's designated wilderness, which like is completely untouchable. But they set that area aside for oil, eventual oil exploration, and then ever since then, it's been a fight to like get it opened up to do it. And it looks like they are going to do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was probably ranting to you back because freaking Sicky Gear made a po- yeah. post back in August. Yeah. And I can't remember if we talked about that on here. Well, North Face popped off the other day too. Yeah, we, well, we did talk off. Uh, okay, about yeah. yeah, I did hear about yeah, the other Sitka. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Sitka made their post, and I mean, basically just like, oh, hunters, us hunters need to stand up and protect the wilderness, and blah blah. And they used all these fucking photos that the muskox was the only one that could have possibly been anywhere near area 1002 because like the terrain and all the other photos and it was probably right along the side of the freaking dalton highway (laughs) and one of them photos the aurora you just look at the photographer's facebook page and credit like he lists that photo as being taken at whatever freaking wilderness lodge that he runs aurora photo tours out of that's 270 miles away from area 10 area 1002 it's like on the south side of the brooks and on the western, towards the western end. It's, it's not anywhere lake. near it. No, yeah. it's fucking forever away from it. And, yeah, so that, I mean, that was kind of old. Sitka did that, like, back in August. And then, uh, yeah, North Face was, like, Texas. What they, they ended up, like, refusing uh, some Texas oil and gas company tried to make an order for a bunch of coats or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for and a Christmas were, gift. Yeah, and they yeah. refused to fulfill it. Really? Yeah. This was just like, this just like a week this or last so week, ago. Yeah. No shit. <clears throat> yeah. So, 
a little ironic being a company that's like a lot of your products are made from yep. petroleum. Yep. Well, punched out of the friggin' China or the call Arctic. Up, call up Kavaro. They'll send you yeah. some fucking jackets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They'll send you some good jackets. But exactly. No, so yeah, that was a thing. And then what Meat Eater did a article that, I don't know, it comes across like it's titled and sort of reads like it's just like an objective, you know, news article of, oh, like it's based, it's titled something like, you know, will this leasing or is it actually going to result in holes, in, you know, drilling or whatever, like kind of supposedly like a documentation of what might happen, but it's just freaking, I mean, I don't know if it was you or the, whatever's like you just read it and you it's just a complete left leaning mm. anti drilling yeah, sentiment like just seething through it. And uh at the very end of it, you know, I don't I mean I don't have the quote in front of me, but freaking of course they, you know, polish it off with a Renella quote, you know, and it's basically saying he's like, I don't know if the people that support drilling or like even think about the future, if they're just so greedy that they wanna ruin our last wilderness and it's just, you know, people can think whatever they want to think on it ultimately. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a full-on expert at it either, but, you know, I've done a lot of research on certain aspects of it, especially recently. Um, but just, I'm just, it's infuriating these companies, especially outdoor companies, completely misrepresenting the situation. I mean, like, they're telling you what to think. They're not saying... Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. They're, they're not saying, hypocrites. oh, you know, here's this side and here's that side. and uh, But they're, they're just coming at it with the predisposed notion that you should, you know, you should, if you're an outdoorsman or you give a shit about the outdoors or Alaska, you should be against this. You know, and it's it's freaking bullshit. Well, most of these guys are coming up here and they're renting cars and they're driving up the Hall Road to go up there and hunt yep. caribou. Which is 100% open by the oil and, and maintained there by the oil no, There would industry. be no road up there. If it wasn't for oil. Yeah. So there's one thing that's kind of, you know, one tick in the wrong direction for this <laughs> bitching about, their hypocrisy. about, about you know, drilling up there. Um, but then again, with these guys that are, you know, I don't, exploiting hunting to make themselves, to line their pockets, they're probably the only ones that would actually be able to go up there to be able to afford to be able to get flown yeah. up there to fucking hunt anyway. Yeah, you it know? is. It is. You know, and that that's another issue because, like, in they list in in that article, they freaking a bunch of it's focused on whatever some BHA dude has to say, and they you know they start off, oh, they're be- backcountry hunters and anglers is looking out for you know hunter access and shit like this and. You know, they ignore the fact that the oil industry is 100% responsible for create, you know, for access to the world's, like, I think it's the biggest bow hunting only area in the world and access to untold, you know, however many acres of hiking only hunt yeah. wilderness yeah. to hunt, um, you know, which is just a freaking smokescreen. They're just completely, well, it's, it's just like, a way to excuse the anti-development, any, but. In any of the articles that I've read which isn't a ton because there is like fucking months of, yeah. of inform like reading information with the speed that I read at out there <laughs> <laughs> but in all the stuff that I've read 
It's all focused Anwar, 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 in this area 102 or 1002 yeah. or whatever it is. There's not any mention ever of Gates of the Arctic that's like right there. It's this nope. other massive amount of land that's set aside. And you aside. know what's right next to Gates of the Arctic is the cell, or the no attack right. National which Preserve, borders which right borders right up to right. it. So right. you got you got like as a visual, you know, if you like pull up like public lands map, just either north of the Arctic Circle or bordering it, you have Anwar bordered directly to the south as Yukon Flats, Char- Yukon Charlie Wildlife, Wildlife. You, well, yeah. that's not even Yukon Charlie Preserve; it's Yukon Flats Wildlife Refuge. Then to the west is Gates of the Arctic National Park and yeah. Preserve. To the west, of that's the No Attack Park and Preserve. I think to the south of that's the Selawick, mm-hmm. and part of the Canudi also is north of the Arctic Circle, and there's a national monument over there. I totaled it up, like, for an article I was working on. It's, like, over half the size of Montana we have in, like, basically just not counting BLM land, just um, either uh, wildlife refuge or National Park Service lands. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost the entire Brooks Range is completely... Completely like it's locked up been, and it's been staked out. Yeah, <laughs> it's been staked claimed. Out. No, but uh, I mean, just people like they freaking completely just the no the notion that it's like okay if we explore you know if we put a few pads in this area it's gonna like spoil the last remaining wilderness is bullshit. Um, you know, and then well, and then you know, there's that and the. One of the main arguments I get to say people cry about the caribou. Oh, well, the porcupine caribou herd, they calve in area 1002 is their calving area and they're going to, you know, destroy the herd, whatever. It's, it, a couple aspects. It ignores Prudhoe Bay, which is the central Arctic herd, freaking calves right there. And haven't had and no problems. Their population went from, it was around 5,000 animals when they first started surveying it. When oil, like right at the beginning of Prudhoe Bay oil field, and I mean they've expanded to Kaparik and Alpine, and but that would have been like like early seventies, late late seventies. Well, pr- or I the mean, first the pr- first it would have to have been if the exploration would have had to have been way before that because the late seventies is when the road and the pipeline and everything went in. Yeah, seventy seven. So, but it so was it got, was they had I to think be the first sur- like the way fir- before. Yeah, yeah. So the first survey numbers that I saw was. <clears throat> I think 77, it was like around 5,000 animals. And just as oil production increased, the herd increased up to, it was in, what was it, 2002, was 30,000 animals. And then 2010, it was 70,000 animals. And then it's dropped back down to about 30 in the last 10 years. But it was a, a fishing game, the biologist report on that herd, and they kind of detail they think a lot of the mortality what like it basically didn't have anything to do with the oil production it was you know a lot of they had big like high calf survival rates which resulted in more cows and then oh they th- figured it was partially because all those cows just got old and died and then partially because they lost a lot of animals to the porcupine herd that just 
Well, because they intermingle. They intermingle, and, that, and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, these people say, oh, the porcupine herd, we're worried about the porcupine herd. Well, they freaking over, the central Artic herd and the porcupine the herd overlap big time, both on the north slope and sometimes south of the Brooks Range, when the porcupine herd will winter, like, all the way almost over to the, to the Dalton Highway. Okay. Sometimes. But, um, I mean, it, I read the reports on both the central Arctic and the porcupine, and... Also, like they show the different calving zones or where they've calved over separate years um, for the porcupine. It's not like that area 1002, you know, because there is a pretty narrow stretch between the farthest set of mountains off the end of the Brooks Range and it's a little uh, west of Kaktovik. It's like 20 some miles from the end of the mountains to the ocean. Mm hmm. And then it, and on to the west, it gets bigger, and to the east, the coastal plain gets bigger too. They're, I mean, they like categorize, categorize, where, they categorize. Where, what air, so where the mountains come closest to the coast, is that in those, it's in those drainages it's, of like the major. No, uh, it's between the Hula Hula River and the, and the, the Canning River. Okay. So, but it's like right there in those, in the major, yeah. in the major drainages yeah, that are although on then, that north then side. Then you've got like, you know, like the, a bunch of, but the Jago and the Conga Cut yeah, back to those the east. Are, a couple of the bigger, right? Yeah, those are a couple of the bigger. Yeah. And the canning, from what I look at, I, from what I can see on the map, you know, like getting too detailed, basically the way the Canning River is kind of the boundary or real close to the boundary. Of that one, one yeah. o, o 2 or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. You know, so, but they categorize it like the porcupine herd, like, oh, this little tiny area is their only calving ground. And if you, you go in there, you're going to fuck it up and kill all of them. Well, like their from their data from like collared, you know, collaring and shit like that shows their calving areas differ from year to year, all the way over into Canada. So like they're flexible, yeah. you know, like they it, and they're kind of a transient. Like I mean, sometimes they'll winter like in Old Crow Flats. Sometimes they'll winter by Arctic Village. Sometimes they'll winter down in the Ogilvies, and they're mixing and matching. It's not like one specific thing that you can. And so, you know, that combined with the freaking explosion of caribou right alongside all the oil production in Prudhoe Bay and Kapark and Alpine, like all that stuff. I mean, there's just no, I mean, I think we would all like be interested to hear and be concerned if there was like real oh, studies. All of a sudden real there was stu- like yeah. a herd that was dwindled down to nothing. People would be like, hello, red flag. Yeah, real you know, studies. A lot of people would like to go up there and hunt. Yeah, but there, but there's not. You know, there was one study that I think it was a third party that collared some, collared some, and they said like on the east side of the sag there was no calf mortality on the on the west side of the sag where more of the oil production there was some calf mortality. But we're talking about like there was seventeen cows or seventeen tagged on the east side and seventeen collared or fifteen collared on the west side, and it was like two of them died. Hmm. You know, it, it's not a big anything, enough. It's yeah. not big enough numbers to know. You know, and another another study showed indicated that the cows, like as during calving time, kept their distance like a little bit farther from infrastructure, like roads and paths and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also heard a lot of anecdotal stuff. Guys like cows like calving right on the pads and stuff like that. And then, it, but it indicated you know after calving. They freaking, you know, as the bugs start getting bad, like in July, they're they're all over the roads and paths to get away from the bugs. Like they, they're like attracted to them. And, uh, you know, part of that, cause they had like one of those heat map 
deals of calving areas, and they're all like up in the hills. So mm. it could it could have nothing to do with the oil production. It could just be that they like calving in the hills better because whether there's like more wind blown stuff and less yeah. snow residual snow. I don't know, but well, I guess there's another. You know, not that it matters because well, I mean it obviously all matters, but it's not something in the in the realm of hunting. But polar bears, there's polar yeah. bears in that area too. Yeah, there is too that are going to come in and den those those yeah. female polar bears are going to come in and den up in that because they typically come in to onto land to dig yeah. their dens, and it's the only time that any polar bears den is females in yeah. the spring to have their babies. So I'm assuming well, they that den because I think they. I mean, I could be they they den. hibernate like because when they're out on the ice, it's during the summer, like out on the it, it in is, the spring but they and spend absorbent amounts of time in both places. But yeah. typically, the land time is for females giving birth, spring, late winter, spring. You know, yeah, and they're in dens that are typically on land, yeah. but they're also will den on ice dug into snow yeah so that's another thing to think you know to think about oh, to yeah. throw into this yeah. whole into this whole tangle yeah <clears throat> no it's uh you know as far as the caribou there hasn't been anything that i mean convinces me that there is a problem that there's a problem yeah. you know and that's one of the major things you know polar it's like if the polar if the polar bear stuff's a concern like freaking let us hear it let you mm-hmm. know where where's the where's the issue possibly going to be and and right you know so people can make up their minds about it and then uh you know which one study i was reading it was uh basically a look because that whole and people don't realize that that whole area was two-dimensional seismic surveyed in 84 and 85 where like they take their trucks and camps and freaking run seismic lines grid lines every would they have to redo their surveys well is a good question. Yeah, it is. And one thing they're, you know, this study was assuming that they're going to want to do 3D seismic surveys, which would require closer grid spacing mm-hmm. um, to get like a 3D imaging. Of, they like use vibration to image what's under the ground yeah, and okay. to, to map deposits and so they can drill precisely whatever. But, uh, and that requires like gridding and... They do it all the time up on the slope, like on state land and everything like that. But they they do it in the winter, and right now, and the study did point out that they're not allowed to do it if there's not enough snow cover, because there has to be X amount of snow cover, and the ground has to be frozen to protect the tundra. Is like those rollodons and big vehicles that yeah. they oh, can pull there. stuff across the the snow and tundra, so it doesn't like compress the the tundra layers because they found and part of the study was looking at the effects of like the 84 85 survey you know they said in you know it took this amount of years for there to be no residual sign left of this trail or that trail and maybe in certain spots you know where because they the mm-hmm. the stereotypical like concern about you know like driving on the tundra is it compresses the layers, water collects, and it melts the permafrost underneath and just starts getting bigger and bigger. Gotcha. And uh, and so, but they, it ended up saying that, that overall the, they would expect like the 3D seismic, sur- the seismic surveying to be the most impactful portion of all of the oil exploration or, or extraction. 
Um, but they did say, you know, and they, like, they raised some real concerns and it's information that like people, if you're actually wanting to have some sort of educated opinion on it, like it's something to consider for sure. Like how much is this going to tear stuff up or how little I, I don't being from, it's like ecological society of America, I think. So probably fairly greeny left-wing yeah. type stuff, you yeah. know, but it's, it's like, you it's, have it's, to assume it's reasonable it, information. You in got yeah. At the time that we're living in now, it's not like it's going to be some fucking hillbilly roadshow going on up there. You know, there's, no, there's so no. many people looking yeah. over every single yeah. person's shoulder that yeah. it's like, you're not going to get away with anything. And that's what, and that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at is it's, you know, I, like I look at their conclusion and their conclusion even says, you know, yeah, impacts could be re- reduced by this, this, and this, and this, you know, I'm looking at it like, all right, they're probably on the freaking far left side of the spectrum as far as anti-drilling and all this stuff, you know, just as their baseline. So yeah, knowing like all the restrictions, all that stuff, like they're, it's probably not going to be at nearly as bad as they think, you know, as they project it could be. Um, cause that stuff, everything up there is extremely highly regulated and yeah, yeah. like you said, what it comes you know, down over to the is shoulder. the people that aren't into it and don't want this to happen are still going to use oil. Yep. They're just going to use it from some other source somewhere else. Yep. You know, there's the oil's needed yeah. always. Yeah. Yep. No, and where is it going to come from? Is the question. Yep. No, you know, would and that's you what. It, and that's that it what comes it, from Russia, China, or would you rather it comes from here? Yeah, and that's what. Uh, <clears throat> what ult- like, I mean, you can go back and forth, facts and research, all this stuff. What it ultimately boils down to is like, you know, every person's got to make up their own mind, and and if someone, I I tend to be more positive towards the drilling. I'm not like decided that oh it needs to happen right now, um, but. You're going to decide what you're going to decide, but, like, people need to mm-hmm. not, I don't know. It just irritates me when we're, like, when stuff is horribly misrepresented, like we so often are up here. Um, well, a lot of times the stuff that people are reading, you're being represented by somebody in the lower 48. Oh, yeah. It's not, it doesn't have hands-on, doesn't have feet on the ground information. They're getting second-hand or third-hand or fifth-hand yep. information that... Just because I read it somewhere, I can rewrite yeah. it and say that this is factual information where a lot yeah. of the times the information that is being laid out there for people is not factual information. No. it's. I mean, I would <clears> say <throat> that like 90% of what people in the lower 48 are hearing about Anwar is complete bullshit. Like it's not, just not the way it is, you know. Hmm. So, you know, if you... It, you know, if you, if you get legitimate information and you decide that like you're against it that's fucking fine with you but it irritates me when you know dudes with as much influence as freaking steven ranella are telling people that oh if you're pro drilling you're just greedy and you don't think about the future well fuck you man you're sitting in (laughs) you you know you're sitting you're sitting in bozeman montana fucking drinking fancy coffee or whatever you got the money to bring all you and your buddies up here multiple times a year to profit off of our natural resources Mm -hmm. By filming your TV shows and all that shit, you know, yes, of course you love Alaska. Everybody fucking loves Alaska. We're, yeah. You know, you don't live here. You're coming up here profiting off our natural resources and just 
fucking blanket accusing us of not thinking about the future or not caring about the land that we're personally invested in. Mm-hmm. You know, are you leaving Alaska to your fucking kids? I don't think so. Mm. You know, my kid, if he wants to live here, I want to leave him a good place to live. And I mean, we're personally invested in the future of this place. You know, it's fucking bullshit. But there's, and there's also a lot of people like regular dudes, like all of us who, you know, they can't sit in fucking Bozeman and fly up here at their fucking whim yeah. to do whatever they want. You know, we got to come up here and get a job and our, you know, whether you're directly or indirectly, a lot of people's work up here is tied into the oil industry. Yeah. A lot. You know, and there's a ton of dudes who work on the slope and, you know, they'll tell you all about all the stupid shit they have to do to avoid any kind of contact with animals or anything like that. And they're just as passionate about hunting and fishing as we are. And they mm-hmm. see what goes on up there every day and all the care that's freaking taken, you know, for some asshole to say shit like that. You know, it's fucking uncalled for. It's yeah. ridiculous. Go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> he got it. You know, Somebody I mean. Tell him. <laughs> Those guys that have bitch, just a bitch, man. Well, it's just that they come at this with this preconceived notion that, oh, I've got it fucking figured out. If you, you know, y'all, you don't disagree with me. You're just a greedy asshole, you know? Oh, who's the fucking greedy one? Yeah. You know? Ugh, it just fucking irritates me. But, uh, no. So whatever, like, ultimately, whatever, you know, listeners, whatever, whatever you end up coming up with or decide is your opinion, you know, that's fine. Just be honest about the reasons you're making it. You you have the opinion. If you just don't want it touched, fine. That's your that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. But yeah. but you know when super influential people re- misrepresent shit, it's and, a whole different ball game. You know, and well, part of that in that meteor article where the the dude that wrote it shared it on social media, tagged it in Arctic Village. Arctic Village isn't even in Anwar. It's not it's, even close. Now it's south of Anwar. It's not even close to area 1002. It's over 100 miles. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, why'd you do that? Well, Arctic Village and Venati are two of the villages that, like, officially, you know, and I'm speaking in generalizations. Un- 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 unof- not Unofficially. <laughs> I'm speaking in generalizations, of course, so I'm sure every, you know, individuals that live in those places. But, you know, from what I've been able to find, those two villages generally have like or they've like joined the suits to oppose the drilling because they're worried about the caribou that's their right to be concerned obviously about the future like you know caribou yeah. is what those people have traditionally depended on for their food mm-hmm. um but you know oh oh well tag arctic village well what about kaktovic that's basically in area 1002 is and it not and it well it, it it's like surrounded right by there's the native edge? land native lands so it's basically right in the middle of 1002 on the coast. By, yeah. Yeah, okay. And from what I've been able to find, generally it seems like those folks support it, you know, because they're like, yeah, that's opportunity and they see what's going to, yeah. So it's just a bunch of freaking snakery going on and people just, oh, you know, and the typical thing is like, you know, you ask, well, have you freaking gone up there and like seen, do you know what you're talking about? Oh, it's federal land. We all own it. You know, just retarded shit like that, you know, which, yeah, of course, it's federal land. We all own it. We all, you know, you can, you're entitled to your opinion, but don't bullshit people and throw your influence when you don't, you know, mm-hmm. like big companies and big people's influence can have real impacts on people here's lives, you know, 
we're not paying $5 a gallon for gas like we were a few years ago, but we very well could be in a very short amount of time. You know, I don't know. Maybe I need to just quit ranting on that, but. No, you just taught me a lot. I, I, I'd rather get our oil from the U.S. Yeah, well, and that's the, that's the thing is freaking, you know, Stephen Rennell can say whatever he wants and Sitka Gear can say whatever they want. They're selling freaking sweatshop sewn clothes from Southeast Asia that came from oil from China or maybe Arctic oil from Russia mm-hmm. that they got the pipe insulated with reindeer hides. You know, that's a real, <laughs> no, that's a real thing, there dude. You, you know, so who gives a shit about the most responsibly and like cleanly produced oil in the world? I mean, I maybe They're not going to let the facts get in the way of a good bitch No, but, but it's, it, you know, they're just like, oh, well, we got to rally everyone around this idea of keeping our wilderness untouched. Well, is it better to fuck other people's wildernesses by like horrible practices so you can make a buck on your on your clothing and right. your TV show and all that shit when we could you know, open up a small portion of Anwar to some development that really, really may not have much or any effect on the wildlife? You be the judge, I guess. Choice is yours. The choice is yours. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <clears throat> but anyway, no, that's, I'll shut up now, but that's my thoughts on that. I just, you know, people, be everybody needs to be able to make up their own mind whether you agree with it or not, but um, just being spoon-fed a bunch of bullshit and, and, you know, media or clothing companies telling you what to think is a bunch of horse shit, so. I'm going to go outside and hug a tree. Then I'm going to cut it down. <laughs> Chainsaws right there, buddy. Put some lights in it and hang. Put it. I need that. I need my gas can. You need your gas can. <clears throat> oh, wait till you see this, Jeremy. That's pretty slick, isn't it? <laughs> cool little contraption there. Excuse well, me. Well, I fuel my liver. <laughs> you never know when you need an extra fiber, you know. Well, that's awesome. You've had that for a few years now. Oh, yeah. That's in some miles. In some beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hold, what is it? Hold eight? I haven't counted. Eight. Mm-hmm. Nice. You can get them to hold a, a sixer and a flask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink whiskey or anything no, that I goes in flasks. I don't drink, so. whis- I don't drink whiskey So I'm all anymore. set with that. I've but. even had to cut back on the beer. Well, I've been, yeah, I've been on the diet to get rid of some extra sloppiness. This winter, highly overrated. But what it is highly own. overrated. Yeah. <laughs> now, how about you grace us with a shit my pants story? Yeah, I think so. I can't I believe that so. we didn't start with one. Well, I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was going to start with one, but we we'll do a couple. So before we get into the shit your pants, is that one of those camber hoodies? No. Okay, it looks like the one negative, I have. but this okay. is like a nice. The difference is, I w- I'd be like, try this on and tell me what you think. But you'd be like, fat man in a little coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the hood is like way nicer than those. Are like yeah. this is like a double double layer. Hood, yeah, it's my- not super deep, so it like okay. covers your head, but it doesn't like hang down like yeah. this. Um, I don't know. We can look at what, whoever no. makes it, whatever. I can't because my these, this is a really good sweatshirt. Yeah, because nice. like this this one I'm wearing is like the first the first run, mm-hmm. and they're nice. They're nice hoodies. Like they're high quality. They're not quite as heavy. And the next run I have is 
is a little bit heavier duty hoodie. The cambers are they're like union made, freaking expensive as shit. Dude, they're um, they, they are nice for though. a long time. Yeah. They're warm, comfortable. Yeah, hoodies for sure. Yeah, so but I'm a big fan. I well, basically yeah. wear these things every day. 365 yeah, days I've, a year. I've, I've, I've I have a hoodie. Hoodies I get pissed my, when it gets yeah. too hot for hoodies. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, well, we'll get into the uh, the shit stories. I think I'm going to save just to tell you, Mar- Mario Gomez. Like we're hanging on to your story. This is the one that's like the honorable mention. Like he thought we were talking about the pucker factor stories, but he gave a good f- shit your pants story as far as right. where's no shit your pants happened. Um, we may have this, to. Oh, this is like shit my pants, but I didn't really shit my pants. No, he like, didn't I really shit, shit my his pants, pants. Scared? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Right no. On. So we are we are hanging on to that one. I didn't forget you. <clears throat> um, we'll just do a couple short after actually shitting your pants stories. So the first one, I actually What's, a little interjection it's on here. my phone. I can believe like that you put it out there, and how many people are like just oh so constant. Big. Happy to tell everyone about <laughs> shitting their pants. I'd probably keep it to myself. It's a little personally. more than I was really thinking, but <clears throat> it's oh, funny wow. nonetheless. Oh yeah, man, it's uh, definitely some good. Uh... Okay. Well, you got this one's coming in. All hot right, this right one's on the phone, coming. Huh? In. So this one's coming in hot. This is just a real brief one. Um, I'll skip past the love the podcast. Everyone should. <laughs> um, Even if you don't no, so, why, right, why so, me? <laughs> say um, it. So, uh, this one's from a uh, guy named Robbie. So they live in Gladstone, the town next to, to Escanaba. So it's real. It's cool that you guys nice. know about Escanaba. I live in Gladstone, the town next to it. And if Nick Mookie is from Wisconsin, I wouldn't be surprised if he's related to the Mookies I'm friends with. He probably is that family tree. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure they're all in um, bread. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys want a good shit your pants story, a friend of mine's dad was on his way home from Lower Michigan when it hit him, and it was shit his pants or run for the ditch. Well, he got out of the truck when he realized he wasn't going to make it, so there he is hanging from the driver's door, shitting towards traffic on the side of US-2, unloading his guts for everyone passing to see. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, that was a good, mm-hmm. good Thank brief you, story. Sir. All right. So this one is we're keeping anonymous because uh and he'll hit hit even we'll even keep gender anonymous because of the oh the nice. uh the I, out of career interest for this person. <laughs> <laughs> so, um a few months back I was returning from to Fairbanks after a cargo only flight. Doesn't mention exactly what size airplane, but um I don't think there were any bathrooms. When out of nowhere, with no warning or provocation, I had to shit, like, really bad. This is happening right fucking now bad. (laughs) I suddenly became religious as I thanked the Lord my plane was empty. On came the autopilot and off came the seatbelt. To the back of the plane, I went desperately digging through the seat backs looking for a six sack. First two rows were empty and sweat started to pour from my forehead. The last seat was my saving grace as my pants came down to my ankles. I gripped the seat for good measure in the light turbulence and emptied the contents of my bowels into the flimsy paper bag. Small plane filled with the most foul smell I've ever experienced. <laughs> Choking and almost in tears, I fumbled for the overhead air vents to replenish the plane with clean, cold winter air. 
In my haste, I didn't pull my pants up and trip, nearly spilling my now full sack of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I made my way to the captain's seat and sat relieved, but now I had a new dilemma. (laughs) Knowing the ramp staff would meet my plane upon arrival, I surely couldn't land with a bag full of shit. (laughs) There was nowhere to land on on the way to dispose of it, and I had to start to I started to contemplate my options. I had to do something quick as the paper bag was starting to disintegrate from the liquid inside. I determined my only option was to open the window and throw it out. Carefully folded the top of the bag down and opened the window. If not done properly, items thrown out of the door or window will do one of the following. One, re-enter the aircraft. (laughs) Two, hit some part of the aircraft and leave a very obvious brown snail trail down the side. (laughs) To mitigate this, I quickly threw the bag down and away. No sooner did it leave my hand and another pilot keyed up his mic and reported his position right fucking in front of me and a thousand feet below. Freshman algebra rushed through me, rushed back to me and being a pilot and notoriously bad at math, I started attempting advanced trigonometry in my head, trying to calculate the probability that I had just shit-bombed another After a few minutes of radio silence, I assumed I was in the clear and continued on my way. Mind mind my drifting and wondering if that shit burns up on reentry or not, (laughs) and how how much I just contributed to global warming. (laughs) Upon landing in Fairbanks, I parked parked in the furthest back lot and did a meticulous post-flight inspection. Once I was certain there was no snail trail, I broke open the now mandatory COVID aircraft decontamination kit and sprayed the back with disinfectant to kill what was left of the awful smell, <laughs> propped the captain window open, and drove away having narrow, narrowly escaped what have, would have been the biggest mess of my mess of my flying career to date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I know. <laughs> you see the peanut? <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good one. Uh-huh. So, this next one's from a guy named Jim. It says, uh, not a shit-my-pants story, but it's a good shit story. Those are welcomed as well. I work in western Washington as a mobile equipment mechanic. Now, one day I was working in Seattle in the Seattle area on a truck. Had half the motor apart, and it hit me like a brick shit house. I'm working in a pretty, pretty ritzy apartment complex, and people everywhere like people aren't familiar like mobile mechanics like the big truck where you go and they'll like rebuild a freaking motor on site so i'm a grease mechanic in their parking lot and there's no chance anyone's letting me letting me use their shitter i start loading my tools up and it hit me again i got a shit right now my rig come my rig at the time was a chevy express van so i grabbed a five gallon bucket that is half full of waste oil crawl inside the side door of the van open the bucket and let it fly (laughs) As you can imagine, I'm shitting in a half-full bucket of oil. Now I got oil all over my ass <laughs> with shit mixed in. I grab some rags and clean it up the best I can. The whole time I can hear people walking by and know they can hear the whole thing happening. I sit and wait for people to clear out and go to open the back or go to open the door and realize the child lock is on and the van has a permanent divider between the cab and the back. It's... It's summertime, and the van is getting hot and smells like you can imagine. Oh Luckily, I'm in a van full of tools, so get the door all tore apart and get the latch undone. I go to get out, and I'm greasy, sweating my ass off, and crawl out the side of the van. I didn't even look up at anyone. I threw my shit together and left. Go finish up at the local grocery store. 
Now I've got a bucket full of shit oil mix. The smell was unbearable in the cab, and it's hot. So I decided to strap the bucket on the roof of the van, go back and finish the job. I go meet up and stay at the girlfriend's place that night, tell her the story, and she tells me, don't forget the bucket on the roof when I go through Jack in the Box drive-thru tomorrow morning. Well, the next morning I go to swing through Jack in the Box window down, ready to order, and wham! The bucket hit right above my head on the over-height bar. I roll my window up as fast as I can, waiting for a bucket of oil and shit to come pouring down the side of the van. Nothing after a minute. I roll the window down, and the lid is knocked off, and the bucket is hanging by the edge of the strap. Needless to say, I whipped around and pulled to the nearest dumpster, threw that bucket in, and got the hell out of there. God. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Just reminding everybody that we're all human. Yeah. Happens to everyone. Oh, yeah. There's like, it's a surprising amount of like awesome. Well, it's because almost everybody has shit their pants at one point in time (laughs) or the other, or at least like had a really sketchy situation or (laughs) whatever, you know? So it's just like, you know, you get people warmed up a little bit and they're like, oh, yeah. yeah." I bet even Steve or Noah's shit his pants. (laughs) He's One about time to or if another. he ever hears the shit you were just saying. Good lord. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta speak your truth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta speak your mind. But yeah, no. Well man, it's uh been great to have you over. Oh dude, Jeremy. It was, it's awesome. I I really appreciate it. It's been fun and learn a lot too. It's good. It's a cool podcast, man. I you know. You're just my in, wife gets to listen to like, it every time we drive around. <laughs> you're embarking on like awesome her times. level of like, her level the, of respect like for coming me. into hunting and like you're in like for anybody that's just like getting into hunting, you're in the best place. No, in the world yeah, absolutely, to do I, it. yeah. Like it, literally, you have come to the best place in the world to like get into this. Yeah, you know? no, there's it's amazing. It's, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, obviously, you know there there's a learning curve and different stuff takes time. Like there was a guy that kind of like. I emailed me or messaged me the other day asking, like, you know, how do you, like, you know, like, tips for, like, finding a good hunting partner? That's just one aspect. I mean, just stuff takes time. Yeah. You know, but uh, you are in the freaking, you're in the freaking spot. Um, And, yeah, so just, yeah, be patient. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of opportunity, and, yeah, you're, you're freaking in the right spot. And Yeah, it's... It's it's never too late to freaking start. No shit. I mean, I'm very you're, true. and you're hooked now. I'm mid forties, yeah, and I'm just now going. So it's 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 kind of disappointing that I didn't do it earlier because of all like I could have been hunting with my dad for the last however many years. But it's but better late see, than never. And I was just gonna say you can dwell on that. No, shit. yeah, as long as you know, yeah, no, beat yourself up as much as you yeah. want, but it doesn't matter. You made the right choice yeah. now, and you're doing it. And yeah, yeah, no, it's, out, you know, screw the past. It's the future's here, yeah. and you're hunting. And I'm still, yeah, <clears throat> and I, like you say, I'm here where shit. We got moose in the yard, and yeah, yeah it's it's you, really. It doesn't cool. have to be moose and caribou, and you, you know, you can go out grouse hunting. You can go out and shoot hare. You know, the the sky's the limit. Really, you know, and even and it's not Making hunting, but predator. fishing. Like I was telling Frank, yeah, like when I was a, you know, when I was a kid, where I grew up in Colorado, the fishing is awful, and I was fishing crazy. We'd go like you know fish all day and catch two fish. I mean, like I would like fishing yesterday. I'd have been shitting myself. 
You would have had a new, a new shit story. Shit, I would have had a new like, shit story. Frozen on the ice. Frozen on the ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like we've got it good, which is, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to to get a lot more experience and a lot more. The more you do it, the, and, the more you'll appreciate. Well, you're in a position where like you can you'll be able to like appreciate what we have, you know, never having experienced it before, you know, not that there's anything wrong. Like any, like the, you know, tons of people who were born here and grew up here, or lived here most of their life. And like, it's all they know, you know, and you don't really know how good you got it till you've been somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, like my kid's not going to have it. He doesn't have any idea how good he has it. Mm. Not a freaking Well, clue. yeah, it's like I was telling you about my son. Ten-year-old draws his first tag, shoots his first. Like, no, no big deal. I just yeah. this is this is how it goes. Pick that yeah. spot out on the wall. Hang it right there. <laughs> right there. I got yeah. the spot picked out. <laughs> Next year, I'm going to shoot a different one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah he so, will. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> he, he wants to shoot a moose now, so we'll see. Of course, he does. Yep. Upgrade. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but don't hesitate to do other. You know, it doesn't, like I was just saying, it doesn't always have to be some great big huge animal, you know. Hunting hunting grouse and hunting ptarmigan and hunting hare and, you know, doing, you know, getting into like smaller things is a lot of fun as well. Yeah, cool. It's a lot of fun to be had. Well, I got a 22 now with a little suppressor, so I'm in. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah. No, but yeah, so it's, and you know, like you said, it's. We try, you know, try to provide some useful information every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I try not to bug you and and text you this question or that question. Well, but shut up, dude! I gotta, I gotta Leave learn. So yeah, I gotta ask somebody. So yeah, you no, can listen I'm, to episode sixty four. Yeah, where we go over all that. <laughs> Look, refer, why are you bothering? Refer to episode sixty one for What's, that question. <laughs> yeah, what's funny? Well, sometimes you get like messages like, oh. The, was there an episode you saw? Like, I'm pretty sure we have at some point, but I don't have a clue. I'm you constantly, them all? I'm constantly saying stuff, and I'm like, shit. Have I talked about this in the past? Yeah, some too. T- at some point in time, or should? Is there a bu- is like, like is there a bunch of people the out there whatever. going like, shut up? Yeah, we've heard this shit before like 50 <laughs> times. And I'm like, I'm sure that a lot of the shit that we talk about and say has been, what like, I'll I've said this before on here that Makoto was like, I just love it so much. I listen to the podcast, and he's like. Doesn't matter which one you guys are on, it always ends up you're talking about sheep hunting eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so often it just like digresses to sheep hunting. Like no matter what it starts out as, there's sheep hunting is yeah. gonna be talked about. Much Yeah, pretty much. Which when you decide you're ready to, to suffer, abuse yourself a little bit. Yeah, I don't have the gear still. Like you're telling me that story of you having to hike off the mountain because your tank got <laughs> tore up. I don't have a tent good enough to get tore up yet so it's, well that's it's the beauty a, is you won't be pissing away too much money if you yeah. got a shitty tent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true no yeah and then that stuff takes time too i mean yeah it took and it depends on what you want like yeah, dude no, it's, it's like no one no one's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything if you'd never like you know, or if you well, what's live right your whole life if your whole life right and you yeah. isn't always right yeah. for you yeah. if you, you, you know? can so live your whole big. life and if you're never like yeah i you know if you just i don't really care if i go kill a sheep or I, whatever no. then freaking that's what you it's do funny because it doesn't I, mean you're any less of a hunter than i am no, i, I do tell you want to shoot a sheep i do and i didn't two years ago i wouldn't give two shits about it but just walking in here and and yeah, my brother-in-law too. He both we both are like, you know, and we're both 
probably go up to the mountains and just wander around. Not yeah. like you guys are obviously seasoned and, and got it dialed down and, but it'd be something that we want to try. So heck yeah, man. Every time it's something new though, don't ever think that it's not, you know, even gone a bunch of times. It's like even every the time same place. something is different. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time. So it's not, there's nothing to be worried about like, oh, these guys are seasoned or those guys know this or those guys know that. Nobody knows everything. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, just go and do it. Oh, That's like, just go and get boots on the ground experiences. Huge. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like you'll, you know, get questions, you know, get quite a few questions like, you know, what do you think about this or that? Or do you guys use, you know, like one tent and one stove or individual stuff? And I'll be like, well, you know, tell them the truth, like. Lately, you know, when, when I've hunted with him, we use one tent, and but we each bring our own stove because it's more bull, it's less bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have a backup stove if one of them happens to shit the bed. Yeah. Well, but but there, it, can it's avoid, different for everybody. There's so many different successful There's a lot of people ways. that bring one stove, and then you bring fuel, and I bring fuel, but we've only, we've saved, like, this amount of weight for, because we only have, we brought one stove, yeah. and it's like, well, what if the fucking stove shits out? Then you're both eating cold stuff all the time. And the other thing is, the way I eat my food is I don't bring like a bowl and I don't bring a cup or anything like that. So I, in the morning, make my oatmeal, eat it, make coffee, because I don't want to rush drinking my coffee. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to like hang out and drink coffee in the morning. So I'll eat the oatmeal first because I can just like hammer that back yeah. and be like, okay, breakfast is done. And then I will actually sit there and be able to relax and drink my coffee. But if he needs the fucking stove, I can't, like, sit there and drink my coffee and, like, have a good time yeah. and enjoy my morning. So there's, like, little tiny things like that. It's, like, that's a good reason right there for me to bring Just, my own stove yeah. and him to bring his own stove. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, and, and what I was getting at is, like, there's so many different, like, or, you know, like, Jason Franklin, who, like, we did that podcast, like, like, a lot of the things he does from what he talks about, like, style, hunting style is a little different, camping style is a little different, but it works him exactly it's totally fine. successful hunter you know some guy some guys will you you know like get asked do you you know like about floorless shelters and i'm like i i don't take floorless shelter sheep hunting that's me though a lot of guys do and they're just fine do they do yeah. that strictly to save weight mm, yeah it's a, lo- yeah. a lot of time yeah saving yeah. weight yeah. i mean for me i've just had to set up over the years i've had to set up in too many shitty wet ass spots yeah to justify taking up floorless shelter but some guys swear by them they love them i try so hard to stay keep at least my sleeping bag dry that's like one my like one main objective to sheep hunting (laughs) so like keep my sleeping bag dry which you can't all the time like eventually sometimes rain day after day after day after day after day you're gonna shit's gonna end up wet you know but or you pack your sheep back one thing for me exactly yeah yeah, exactly you pack it in your bag with all the sheep in there and all sort of Mm -hmm. other shit in there and something's gonna be wet something your sleeping bag's gonna end up wet but i think that if i was going at it with a floor of the shelter i think i'd be wet way before i am now you know yeah but it's just like to each his own to each situation. Like, there's every, like everyone, and that's kind of part of the fun of it, is you develop your own, like according to your own, the way you hunt, the way you glass, the way you 
hike, you know, like mm-hmm. everyone develops their own kind of way. And there's no like we'll get up well, I mean, at we're five just... o'clock in the morning to call moose, right? To be there before it's light to get ready to call moose. But sheep season, we're like, there's no alarm set. There's no like, and then we've talked about this before. Some guys are like to get up at four, like or three and, o'clock and in the morning, exactly. Be on three, top even, of the mountain, or yeah. like hunt all night. That eventually you have to sleep. Yeah. I'd rather just be like, okay, sleep until I'm ready to get up and go and hunt, you know, which is, we are, we're always up at like seven and, you know, moving by, you know, seven forty-five, yeah. eight o'clock, something like that. And it's like, we choose to hunt the afternoon basically rather than the morning. So I don't know. It's hard to, you know, tell myself, oh, we should probably be getting up at three thirty in the morning when we're successful doing what yeah, we do, yeah. you know? So it's like. It's yeah, not that it's wrong either way, but works it's just yeah. what's working for, yeah. for, for me or for, for both of us. And that, is, and that applies to a lot of different hunting, you know, like, oh, it's like moose hunting. You'll hear, like, some guys swear by, like, oh, I only cow call. Some guys, I only bull call. Some guy, you know, it's it, it just everyone kind of ends up developing their own. I have to do all my sheep calling is after 8 a.m., it's the only way to call them. <laughs> it's after eight. <laughs> oh man, they don't re- respond to calling that well in August. What? No. What do you? What caliber do you shoot a sheep with? Whatever somebody sent Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the truth. Yeah, I've used a. Um, I've used my three hundred short mag on a couple of sheep, and it fucking knocks the shit out yeah. of them. Yeah. But it's like, if somebody's got some new high flute and mountain rifle that we're going to take with us, I'm not going to... We hunt together. So it's not like... So do you guys just carry one rifle That's usually? what we've been yeah. doing. And yeah. it saves weight, you know? Yeah. It's like... So it's like I would trust a solo hunt to one rifle. Right. You, you, you know, you yeah. have to, I but... I mean, you pretty much have to. I'd be like, going on a solo <laughs> hunt, I'd be like, fuck, where's Tyler with a rifle? <laughs> <laughs> Looking around like, this is going to suck. I'm going to have to get real, real close. close. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, those, the Creedmoor is good. That Weatherby rifle, that 6.5 RPM is awesome. I mean, there's, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I think a 243 would be it. I'd awesome like to take a gun, yeah. 243 at some point in time and shoot a sheep. My next endeavor is to be to get my childhood rifle, uh, H&R, break open, single shot, 3030. I want to take that and I want to shoot a sheep with that. And I also want to shoot a moose with that rifle. Oh, you definitely do. Yeah. No problem. Both. No problem. Exactly. But it's just one of those things I'd like to tick off my little list of like personal things that I'd like to accomplish. So. Yeah. You got a lot of, you got a lot of room to grow. Like. I think people overthink the whole like caliber of rifle and I need to have this and it has to be, you know. Yeah. No. There's nothing wrong with having all sort of super nice shit and like being able to use it and. Spending some money on your stuff and it makes life easier, but people are doing it with freaking without scopes. Yeah, people will do it with bows. You know, it's like I mean, the, it's well, achievable. But it boils <clears throat> like if it if I wasn't in the position I am, like you know the outdoor life stuff and being able to get guns either to use or guns for cheap. Or, like I probably just have a couple hunting rifles. Like you know, something like my like my three seventy five for big stuff and a thirty out six or my twenty five out six. You know, yeah, that's probably all I would ever. Thirty out six would yeah. be like if somebody told me, like 
you have to choose one rifle that you're going to use for all the hunting that you're going to do from here on out, I'd probably choose a thirty odd six. It's an awesome, it's an awesome rifle. Do it all. Yep. Yep. If you only knew all the adventures you got in front of you. Yeah, I'd probably be a little overwhelmed. I imagine. No, you just embrace it and smile. <laughs> it's, so, it's so awesome. So much fun. Yeah, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you could come over and no, it's cool to it's cool, cool to hear cool that to story. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard about you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've heard you talk a bunch, so it's been awesome to be here. <clears throat> See yeah. it all go down. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that weird. Like we're just regular dudes. No, it's yeah, it's it's cool. I'm gonna have to pick your brain about goats for next couple months because that's gonna be my next next thing. Yeah, man, that sounds like that's awesome. I love it. You should. You <laughs> should super do it. Cool. I got the Hell itch yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaking cool. Good place to have the itch. Yeah. Yep. Seeming like it. Well, anyway, uh, anyway, um, if you enjoy Tundra Talk, I appreciate it if you'd uh, leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcastertundertalkak.com. And if you want any like stickers or koozies or or shirts or hoodies when we got them. Um, just find those at tundertalkak.com as well. Thanks.